Shee Towel showing zero class after his goal. Celebrate, of course, but don't act the D.I. asterisk K. Forgets he was a couple of moments away from resigning for us last year. Tez and the East End episode 212 and it's me Gary P and of course it's the Prof Carol Riley. We're not alone in the lair guard this is highly unusual. No we're not alone but we have a lot to talk about we have of course our fantastic sponsors Prof it is Leinster Credit and Ocean Electrical. I just saw an old the ghost of a low Ocean Electrical on the way home here or on the way down to Crumlin it was the you know when you, when you sell a van and you get rid of the, the price or the, the branding on it so Ocean Electrical are going up in the world again. They get rid of the old junkers and they're getting in the new, the new Beamers. So of course we have less of credit, prof. Less of credit. Let's point to the lads. You got your back. Got your back. <laughs> <laughs> so of course we are not alone, prof. And it, uh, we said last week it was going to be a tasty one. Mm-hmm. We certainly Ba-doom. did, and it is going to be. Of course we have Ray. We have the original Ray. We won't call him Ray Senior. And we have uh, so two Ray Whelans. So lads, you're very, very welcome here. Thank you. Thanks so much, lads. So, official club title. Is there such a thing? For us? Yeah. Shysters. Shysters. Chancers. Official club shysters and chancers. So, these are, if you don't know, they are the guys who keep you fed. And I'm sure there's a host of other activities that they're involved in behind the scenes as well. So, um, we're going to have a quick... Uh, we're going to talk about a difficult night for us in the hoops for in Budapest. It was a great show by the lads, but unfortunately we were tonked, Prof. A lot of people, a lot of blame landed on your doorstep here. Not the talking we wanted. A lot of blame landed on your doorstep. And there's an interview with Mick Cook as well, proper football, old school head. And the FAI Cup tie uh, is coming up on Sunday, prof, against Drada. So um, Mick spent a combined 14 years at the two clubs. I wasn't even sure of his affiliations, do you know that? Because I was thinking to myself, okay, he's ex Yeah. I had to look back and two I didn't even know. Two players the manager, assistant with us, player with us, 70s. <laughs> yeah, and of course, I think about the ruling prof's joke here. But it's the members' corner, <laughs> and if you can smell, if you gonna put the rock one in here, if you can smell what we're cooking, well, it's real now. So, um, yeah. So of course, like we said, we have the wheel, and so um, we've no curry in the suite on Sunday, lads. These were extremely missed. So, what's going on? What's the secret recipe? Let's just get it out there. What's the secret recipe? Actually, there wasn't enough demand. We got about ten or fifteen people. Who said, oh. But we worked it out. The suite was extremely quiet. Mm. Both the, both There's a different, di- different dynamic on a Sunday to Friday. Friday people people have their lunch and work on, on a Friday afternoon and then they make their way up to Tala starving. But on a Sunday, <laughs> they've had the mother-in-law's roast or something like that and it's, and it's 
We don't think that we would have sold 20%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20% we even. Have I don't think so, no. See, that's the thing as well. I think there's a lot of work to be done on the suite. Like, this, the, the club is getting bigger and bigger by the day. There's a lot of work to be done on the suite. I'm not sure if you'll, if you'll talk about it. This is just a quick side note. Do you think there's a lot more we can do as regards to the suite and, and, mass, and hospitality? You're there every day and you see, you see a lot. Well, the, the, the basics, if you have food, drink and music, they're the, they're the, the, the three things. Like if, you, if, if, it was our, if it was our own bar, the much fabled own bar, you'd have uh, uh, memorabilia on the walls and all, all this. If you look at, like, say, Cliftonville's, we have in Cliftonville's. Yeah, they're social. That, that, that kind of thing. With the low the ceilings. And all yeah. that kind of crack, but, but we're just not in a position to do that at the moment, so... The only thing I change is turning music down. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Sorry, Gav. I think the issue possibly could land away from our feet as well because you've got the likes of the council and the guards yeah. who won't necessarily let us have anything after ten o'clock. So the old hospitality package I'd love is five till seven. Your DJ, you go out, you watch the game, you come back, you know there's going to be a band, you know there's going to be some sort of entertainment, and then you can you can stay there until twelve maybe. But I don't think the cops actually want. Us there well, after 10 o'clock. The other issue about all of that is that you have to pay the staff. Yeah. Right? And, and the longer they stay there, the longer you have to pay for them. I was involved in hospitality all over England with, with, with good clubs, sports, Arsenal. I've seen how it's in behind the scenes, how, how it operates. And it's magnificent. It's a great money spinner for them as mm. well. But they're sitting at proper tables and they're getting proper weight and service and all that sort of stuff. Now, I don't know if that work at all. But um, it's something, certainly something we should aspire to. And I think also we need to keep that in mind for the European stuff. Yeah. That um, UEFA are very, very strict on um, press and hospitality. That, um, looking after sponsors. Looking after sponsors and stuff like that. Oh, really, so, yeah? Yeah, so I, I think a great swathe of the East, uh, the West Ham, where we see it at the moment, will probably be gone next year. Mm. When 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 um, we don't know exactly, I don't think anyone knows exactly. Mm. And it was funny. I was listening to Mick Cook, and he was explaining about did, if he got a chance, he changed the dressing room. Oh, he, I, I believe that. Oh, he heard this as well. That. Do you do you agree with that? that? Oh, absolutely. And the dressing rooms. You know, he doesn't like is the L shape. Yeah, that's what yeah. Pat yeah. yeah. Personally, for me, I quite like the L shape because we have the little. Well, we have. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little cubby hole for us, whereas the players. But but when you see some of the other dressing rooms in the league, like like. I heard the balls on the quite poor now. Balls, very, very. Balls is a, is a, is a uh, prefab. Yeah, uh, is it? Prefab. Yeah. Yeah. Doghouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like, there's certain, certain dressing rooms now we go to that we'd have to pre pack the field for them because there's just not enough space they to. Serve it, yeah. which, which is not really the way we do things, but because uh, uh, that's kind of. It's almost like meals on wheels. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we'd be more inclined to be kind of dishing it out kind of thing, but uh, uh, draw it especially. That's, look, I'm not having a go. They, they, these clubs are... You're saying well, how it is though, right, really? Yeah, I know, but look, well, you can tell you have a go at Dundalk. Look, they've, they got the money in and zero has gone into infrastructure. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Nothing, mm-hmm. that whole, all they have now is memories. They've nothing to show for. Even Sligo, Sligo have this stand behind the, at the... the the railway line end of the grounds to show for that little yeah. three or four years of they've always tried had. to improve yeah, the yeah, showgrounds yeah, yeah, yeah. in fairness yeah. but the showgrounds is I don't know it's three four times better than I can remember Drogheda is exactly the same as I remember yeah. when I was gone but Drogheda used to be one of the better places to go to because this might sound funny some of the old school heads might remember you didn't go, you didn't get up to your ankles in muck because you went to Pats you went to Cork City which sounds crazy now but you walk in your brand new runners and you walk out in the winter you walk up to your ankles in muck it. That was it was covered, 
and it was dry and it wasn't mucky. And that so was there was even was casual clothing tactics back then as well. You couldn't wear your white runners in the away days. White bags over your, <laughs> over your feet, yeah. So I'll have to call you uh, Ray and Ray Senior to avoid confusion. Or Mr. Whedon, if, no, if you prefer. Or as, um, as Glenn Cohen calls me, Razor. Razor, <laughs> Go yeah. on, Razor. I'm sure you heard that somewhere before here. Well, uh, the first idea for this was, uh, I was going to ask you on the Tippy's Hotlines. Remember we did the Father's Day special mm-hmm. uh, a couple of months back? But then Ray said to me, do you know what, this doesn't suit us because I got me da in the Rovers. And everyone else that called in. strictly. Well, tell the but, story, so. Well, you tell your story. Cause okay, well, I, 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 I'm, I'm from Churchtown, right? So it was walking down to Milltown. Rover Strongland there. Yeah. yeah, walk down to Milltown. And um, I, I was gone as long as I can remember. Like I, One, I had to ask, get clarification of the date. But one one that really sticks out, one of the earliest ones that sticks out is that, that the Dock were league champions in '63, I think, and in '64 we got them in the first round of the cup in Milltown, and uh, we bet them seven nothing, right? And that's one of the ones. And, and I can remember going, or even before that, I remember going with my dad. The usual, you've all heard the stories, the chalk on the saddle of the bike and all that sort of stuff on the crossbar with him, right? Did Mick Leach play in that game? Uh, did, we, did we talk about the no, 7-0? No, we didn't. Eddie, Eddie Balaam. Eddie, Eddie Balaam and Paddy Ambrose and Lee okay, Dewey. Okay. And those, that was the crew who, who, who got there. And then um, I drifted off then into junior football. I was refereeing for a long time in junior football. And the business I was in didn't really didn't really allow me to to go to Rowers matches. Mm. I was doing matches at the time. So... Um, so he took over now. <laughs> and, uh, I've been after Ray Junior because I was chef Ray for a while. Yeah. And uh, do you still remember me approaching it in Iceland? Yeah. I remember going up to him and saying, I'll give us an interview. You're like, no. Yeah. And I, I was kind of insistent and I was, th- I was thinking got, to myself. We all got drunk enough. <laughs> no. We all got to wait till after Gary Twig, but then we said, ah, we better jump in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we, went, we went a long time for him. Yeah, that, that won't be happening. We're getting the, we're getting aired on, in, the, in that department there, me. So when did you start following well, the, the first match I can actually remember going to Milltown was uh, the Liverpool friend in 82. But I don't think it was the, my first time there. But it's just, as a, in 82, it was like six or seven. You just remember floodlights and all like, all the the romanticism involved with the Barville and all that kind of stuff, the winter's night and all that kind of crap. But, floodlights uh, only went in in 82. That, 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 yeah. was, that was the, that was was the first match. The was that the big attraction? Yeah. Well, no, well, that was to celebrate. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, was, I followed Liverpool as a kid as well, so that, I'd say that had something to do as well. But... Uh, and then in around in the late eighties, uh, that that um, Brian Kerr's Pat's team, they got, they were playing down Harold's Cross, and we lived in Tallaght in Springfield, and the sixty five bus used to go from Springfield down to uh, into town via Harold's Cross, and a uh, couple of heads in the airstate were going in to watch Pat's, and I went into him and I says, I'm going down to Harold's Cross, man. He's you better be following Rovers, <laughs> but it, it, it was even though we weren't regulars, it was it was. It was never going to be any other way. Yeah, yeah. So I went down. I went down to them games and uh, uh, went from kind of you know eight nine games a season to just uh, uh, the last couple of years in daily mount. Then just going all the time. That game, that game that we were talking about beforehand, the Blackburn game, it sticks out in my mind. It was nineteen ninety. Uh, Blackburn Rovers friendly in daily mount. It was I think it was on a week there or something like that. For the rumor was Frank Stableman was joining Rovers, and as, as I said earlier, someone had a big. Bed sheet with one Frankie's table and written on it, but it never, never happened. <laughs> any players from Blackburn? Any notable players to, to play that day? Yeah. I think Kevin Moore and Frank's table were playing for Blackburn at that time. I'm not sure. But, but then, uh, then I'm, I'm a kind of a real 
all or nothing type character. I get in, I get my teeth into something, and I and and if I don't get into it hundred percent, I kind of let it go. Yeah. But if I get into it, I'm in, I'm into it, and then yeah, so yeah. all of a sudden, I, I, uh, uh, I started going to Rob's home games, and somebody said to me about going to an away game, and I was real. People go to away games, <laughs> and we met at the Virgin Megastar. McBurney's what I don't know what's called now. The first place they used to sell condoms, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Was it, remember, remember they were buried in years. That's on the on the keys in town, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a whole <laughs> different one there. Yeah. I don't think yeah. we know much about that now. But back then, Rovers had one support scope, so it was like uh, I think I remember going to Cook M and Sligo, and it was like instead of six or seven buses going from all different parts of the city, it was nine buses going from there, and ah. you got up and to be to be a guy with a, a clipboard going, your name, you're on bus one, your mates might be on bus three, but yeah. you know what I mean, <laughs> and this, and then you'd all just arrive into Sligo on mass then. And, uh, then and would there be that many buses? I remember doing that for the yeah, cup the final with the double huge. deckers. It was a mess. Yeah, the it was cup a mess. was huge then. You know? So that was a special. Yeah, yeah, basically a special. Yeah, yeah. Double decker bus and everything used to go. So special it broke down on the way to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, um, I just started, then I just started going full time. But I was very lucky. The, 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 the older lads listening to the podcast um, will, will obviously remember this. I, I, I was there for six in a row. I can, I can, you can name the teams. I lived in Churchtown, and, and as I said, and uh, the 16 bus should take the Talca, direct, no change. The 14 bus should take the Daily Mount, direct, no change. So if Rovers are away, I'd go to those. Or no Pats, problem go, at all. Go, no, no problem at all. I went to see, I remember 1963, now I'm not that old, but <laughs> you know, I remember 1963, Shells played in the European competition, I don't know, it was Intercity First Cup or something like that. They played the team from, from, uh, from Portugal. Belenenses, right? And I can remember the Shelves team, and that's in 1963. I can remember them. I think they won that, was it? John Heavey and, and, and Freddie Strahan and Paddy Roberts, and you know, must have been a good team then. Tommy Carroll, Eric Barber, a lot of them went to Ben Hannigan, a lot of them, Ollie Conroy, a lot of them went on to play for Rovers afterwards. But um, mm. so I was so lucky, and you know, and I was talking to, talking to the lads, and you showed me, did I pick up a program here today? Yeah, you showed me a photograph of Mick Lynch playing in black shorts. And there was a revolution at the time, Mick Lynch. No, sorry, Mick Lynch. There was a Mick Lynch as well playing for Waterford. But um, a revolution at the time over playing in black shorts. And Why? Robbers don't play in black shorts. White shorts. Know? White shorts, and that was it. Like you know what I mean. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, but it was great times. And and at that time there were replays. You know. So can you and remember that, when the two of you kind of joined forces and you start going together? Because obviously you started this would, out. This would be more than tal time, wouldn't it? Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Know, so. More than tal, yeah. Yeah. Because that's kind of like like at the moment when I'm starting to bring all my gang with me, like I've said on the show before, and that's only been a recent thing that's materialised. So when did it start for you? Did you went as well, father and son. You well, I would have brought them to yeah. move down anyway. Oh know? yeah, I have the yeah. again the the the, the, the romantic memories have been lifted over the turnstile and all that. That's that's firmly implanted in my head. But but he's notoriously hard to buy. Christmas and birthday <laughs> presents for, and then when Tala came along, my sister rang says, "What are we getting?" Season ticket. I don't think he's ever paid his own money into Talek because <laughs> we always paid the season ticket, you know. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's that, and then that's kind of been an ever present ever since, you know. What about uh, favorite player before and after Talek? You oh, have to pick my, off the top of my head straight away. Johnny Fulham was my favorite player for all. Right now, here's what I always love to delve into and think about, right? Because when I'm talking to people to talk about Pat Bourne, they always say he's similar to Jack Bourne. And I love I love getting comparisons. Because it's all, it's all we can deal with. We we don't know 
who we can compare these players with and all these legends because we know no idea what they play like. So, Fulham was like what type of Fulham? Can you compare number six? Number six, right? And he was a small man, but he had a huge jump on him for head. Look at the. That team that I'm talking about, the 64 to 69, they were a magnificent team. Like, how did they win more leagues? I don't know. Mm. But they were a magnificent team. They had great players. And a lot of them went straight to United. You know, Pat Dunn straight to United. And um, they had some fine players in it. But uh, my favourite at the time was either him or Frank O'Neill. You know what I mean? And what type of player was Frank O'Neill? Frank O'Neill was the outside right winger. You know, and I've seen him playing for Ireland. And Ireland bet Spain for the first time in, in Daily Mount. I don't know, it was a 67 or somewhere around that. Noel Cantwell was sent forward for Ireland. And uh, O'Neill took a free kick. And Irabar was the Spanish goalkeeper, right? And Irabar was watching <laughs> was watching Cantwell coming forward, coming, he about 16 stone. He got to bury him. <laughs> O'Neill's went into the net and we won, won nothing. You know, so. And when you're saying outside right, was he, he said, uh, an attacking direct winger? Absolutely. Hugging the touchline, yeah. And he was he was brilliant. And there was one big issue around the um, around one of the cup finals. I can't remember. It was a replay, and he got dropped for the replay. And the fellow called Tony Bourne took his place. Now they went on to win three nothing. I think Tony Bourne scored as well. Mm. Um, against Cork, they always seem to play Cork in in, in, in replay. Cork Celtic, I, I think it was at the time, and they had great. Great teams as well, but um, they were two of the favourite ones. But they were all favourites, if you like, you know what I mean? Um, there's a great story that we used to go back up, we used to go up to the other end, far end goal. And there's a small little Changing wall. halves, was it? That's still, but that we didn't really wall. change halves because there's a small wall at the back, and like you could hold you could you could hold on to the stanchion at the back yeah and if the robbers match was poor you could turn around and watch the rugby match in the marathon <laughs> in the field behind you you know but it was great time great and funny enough um the other connection that we have with it is my, my brother actually had his wedding reception in rovers in the hoops, in hoops, hoops, in the hoops bar, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, now he wasn't a big well, he was always part he wasn't a big robbers yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, and that's where they had it so uh, favorite player post, Tala? Um, it's a tough. One. It, 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 but look, it, I I can't see past Twig to be honest with you. Mm. I can't see past him. You know, even I mean? with the recent revelation he, of the team that exists now. Yeah, but I mean, you know, if you ask me in two or three years' time, I'll probably say Rory Gaffney himself and 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 and, and prop had a, <laughs> kindred had a, spirits. We no, we had a conversation. <laughs> didn't we we said uh, I, I reckon that he was going to be top scorer yeah. and a lot of people like right, Gary yeah. Parsons was laughing <laughs> <laughs> people like Gary uh, Parsons um, so uh, yeah I, I, it's hard to see past Twig really is hard to see mm. past Twig what about you Ray well, uh, uh, pre is easy Peter Eccles I tough centre half I just love Peter Eccles old school ball player uh, or uh, he knew he, he knew his he knew his um, he knew what he was good at and he knew what he so he knew his limitations yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, he, he, he scored goals he wasn't he was, wasn't afraid to, to put a, a, a Dan Cleary style pass like from the other day but when he had to lump it he lumped it but like and uh, uh, if, if the ball was going one way he thought nothing about throwing an elbow at the attacker or something like that or just like you talk about the dark arts like before dark arts had a name Peter Eccles was but uh, <laughs> he, even though he's kind of he's a man wasn't he and he's caught with the saying he was a ballsman man yeah. He, he always just thought he, he was one of us, you know what I mean? And even though he, I think he had three or four spells at the club, I can't remember. He's, he's three, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like he played against us for Dundalk and everything like that, you know what I mean? He went up north, but uh, uh, for me, he just epitomised everything about Rovers at that time. And post talent, again, it's hard to look past Twig, but. Pair, yeah, so you but have, you, you know, Twig's the obvious one. Twig's the obvious one. For me, it's probably Alan Manus. Yeah. 
No one says because, that. Because no one ever says that. Both times when Alan came in, we were in desperate need of a, of a goalkeeper, someone to, to shore things up. And then, and then, and when I wouldn't say we were desperate in 2009. I think Baz was a solid keeper. We were going through yeah, change maybe. in 2009. I'd say yeah. that was. And I like Michael Lee trying to put his imprint on the team, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I like Barry and yeah. Yeah, I always like Barry. <coughs> Absolutely yeah, desperate yeah, yeah, in 2018. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The but worst that, crisis that ever. Was, um, when you just think of how uh, we were up and down at the time, and just think of how steady it's gone ever since, and yeah. and then uh, even kind of walking in the, walking in the dressing room in recent years, you get to know him a bit, and and you just see his professionalism and his kind of focus, his, yeah, mental. You just you just you know when to approach him for something, and you know when mm. to just leave him alone. He just you know what I mean he has his he has his routine and, and that kind of thing. But uh, uh, just the the just what kind of what he gave us in both in both. Mm. Um, in both spells, you know what I mean. It's probably again, Twig. It's hard. It really is hard to look past Twig because yeah. he, he 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 basically won us them leagues. You know what I mean. But uh, yeah, you have to go, go Alan Mass. But there is always a little bit of a personal preference, isn't it? Like I mean, when you think mm. the obvious one, obviously is Twiggy. But I I love player progression, and for me, it's probably Pico alongside Twig. Yeah, Twig's yeah, the obvious yeah, yeah, one, yeah. but just purely because of how he's grown as a player as a person and everything that's happened mm. since he's joined the club I just think Pico Pico's just a great show Manon's a great show as well we all have our own personal preferences but I just think Pico's come on so much a lot of people say Stephen Rice but then Stephen Rice the reasons that people would like Stephen Rice is probably the same reasons I like Peter Eccles yeah. the fight and the fire in the belly and mm. they never said oh attitude and all that kind of stuff and again he, 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 he was he didn't mind leaving his leg in when he needed to be Fair left enough. in and that kind of stuff as well you know, I, was, so. I was interviewing Go on, uh, the hotbed <laughs> uh, I was interviewing Craig's, Craig Sibbers for the, the programme this week so it'll be out on Thursday and I was asking him are you surprised that Finner and Manus are still going at the, at the age there and he said no not at all ultimate professionals he said they used to eat a Chinese after games but Al wouldn't eat with them and they'd be all slagging them and he'd go home and he'd have, have his tin of tuna yeah, yeah, as he yeah, says yeah, yeah, yeah. So they all is he slashed. Scottish or Jamaican <laughs> yeah a bit Nigerian Jamaican <laughs> So they all slide the right, but look at him now. Peanut butter. 40. Someone Tommy used yeah. to, he used to, uh, I can't remember who it was, Tommy used to get up, he used to set his watch for like every three hours or something, and get up and eat a poached egg and go back to bed. He's like a this, masochist, this, this isn't he? The, Just this was in the fourth spell when he lived in the in the madhouse up in, uh, up in, in uh, Fairhouse. But we, we are so fortunate, and I... Even even better than that, we're, we're privileged to see the professionalism from the inside. Yeah, like we we I was blown away on the European trips when I seen the intensity of the of the uh, training the night before the match. The night before the match, unbelievable. It's yeah. not it's not hard training and and running and look. Like, you don't run them around yeah. the pitch now around that. Yeah, one or two touch balls and and the competitiveness you've no idea. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're crying, like if a ball goes there for a throw and it grazes off somebody's leg, they're crying about it. No, that's ours. You know, they all have that kind of mentality. They have this, they have this, game what's the play? other one? The, like the No, the the, the cross and then shoot. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know the name of it. I, I don't, don't know what to call it. But they 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 have a, a fella posted on the, at the edge of the yard box and he passes the ball square. He's setting everybody, is he? he? No, he sets one fella square yeah. and he hits it, has a shot at the goal, and he keeps running. And Glenn Crown's on the far side. And he's run over and cross it over, and you have to score to stay in there. Oh, he's in the yes, yes. Right, kill that pool, right? And we were in Macedonia, was it? Macedonia, and uh, <laughs> it was brilliant. And Malta was it? Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, 
Shawnee, what's it? Shawnee, 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 there's no way I was hopping that celebration. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we're going to move on. We're going to talk about uh, eating habits and anything that got to do with the dressing room. So who has... Anyone have strange eating habits or has anyone fussy? Has anyone... The, the, the only... What we would call fussy is... A couple, a couple of them don't eat cheese. I can't eat cheese. Really? Yeah. Can't or don't? Can't, don't one can't. We're out naming names. Yeah. And there's two, two or three. You that can't. Don't. That's GDPR stuff. You know you can't. Although he didn't. So just go back to the, just go back to the, to the, to the training for one minute. A quick story about it. And, and I was coming off the pitch in, uh, in uh, Hungary, with with the uh, Al came off, and uh, he's so professional. He hates getting beaten. Yeah. Just hates getting beaten, you bang on the ground. The last thing they'll do is striker and goalkeeper, and, just yeah. shoot and practice and that kind of So thing. I said to him, Al, this is, be, this is probably the only time in their life that fuck you, Al, is a compliment. Mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's after making a great save off someone, oh, fuck you, Al. Do you reckon Al looks for, the only way when you're training and as a young player you're playing football, shooting is the best? At the end of it, you think, lovely, we're going to have a game of shots. I think Al looks forward to saving. Oh, absolutely. As much Jesus, as the yeah. strikers love shooting. Oh, Leon as well. Leon as well. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They're very competitive. They really are. And and at the end of it, Glenn Cronin will say, goalkeepers won. Yeah. It's like, it's like he's George Judy in this yeah. situation. Yeah. Or, and, 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 and it's usually goalkeepers won. Yeah. And Al turn around and says, goalkeepers never win. So that's the privileged position that we're in. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't to, I don't to, to hog this one but I have a good story of uh, where were we in Macedonia was it yeah Macedonia two minutes left in the match we're going through mm. and I'm up in the stands I can't stick this anymore lads I'm going down on the pitch right <laughs> so I run down and I get to the I get to the uh, okay. I get to the dugout right so I just sit in the dugout no, no issue, just sitting in the dugout. The final whistle went, yeah, went bananas down to the fans and giving that loads and all that sort of <laughs> stuff, right? And uh, that was the, the dressing room video as well, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I get on the bus. We're going straight to the airport after the match. You get on the bus and Glenn Crowley comes with me. Glenn is the fines man, so whatever, delay for business, whatever stuff. Can you divulge any info about fines? No. 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 Well, uh, one story I'll tell you in a minute. Go on, this on, continue first, on. Right? So, uh, Glenn Cronk goes up in the bus and says, You're fine. Want to see his face? For what? For what? I didn't know what. He says, You're sitting in the gaffer seat. Right. That's a fine. Hey, that's <laughs> right. a fine. So the gaffer was doing his, his Bielsa sitting on the sitting on the, the ice box, right? And then the gaffer turned around to me and he says to me, I fucking turned around and you here you sitting in me fucking seat. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Next he says the fourth official comes over to me and says to me, I'm sorry you have to leave. The manager wants to kill him. <laughs> wants, to, wants to come into the dugout, right? So then it went on then to, to Budapest. I'm just doing ball boy, you know, trying to make myself useful at the at the at the kickabout. So Leon and Al are, are doing, um, they're training in the corner and um, they're parrying the ball away. They're parrying it so far away that I was going after the game. Need a break. Need a break as well. So uh, 
Exiting office. About ten minutes later, I'm walking off the business office. Says, "Fuck's sake!" He says, "Last week you sat in me fucking seat. This week you're taking the goalkeepers. What the hell is going on? <laughs> you doing your badges on the slide?" <laughs> Ray was saying that um, Braz had turned around and saw you in the seat after two months ago, and you were shouting, "Braz!" That's, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And he says, "I didn't even want them to fucking press." <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we move back into the. The culinary delights of the dressing room, and um, yeah, well, so, ask them what's their favourite food to eat. Yeah, now before before we, we get into that, I want to ask about: Are you given guidelines? Uh, yeah, the guidelines. And are you told no this, no that? To a degree, the the, the food that they eat post match is almost like a tree. So it's not what they eat during the week. During the yeah. week, it's like avocados and quinoa and all that kind of good stuff, right? But, but where we come in is kind of uh, uh, curries and pasta and hearty food. Yeah. Uh, um, um, and cheese is kind of a heavy one that, that, that you kind of steer away from as much yeah. as you can. But they'll be insistent on the meat. Yeah, even, oh yeah, yeah. Even the young lads, dynamic in the dressing rooms is... is it's great. Some of them aren't great eaters after, yeah. directly after. Right. right? Yeah. And, and you know them, you know the ones, but you still offer you know what I mean because uh, um, but there's no uh, um, it's good hearty homemade food and that's that's, that's I'm not picking myself up that's just what it is right yeah. and, uh, um, uh, so it's generally curries uh, store fries that kind of thing and uh, little homemade pizza sometimes we do pepperoni pizzas like, but not we Which it get, seems to be the dominance. standard, doesn't it? But they're also, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're also quite um, well, the away teams. superstitious in a sense, aren't they? They don't like change. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. They all want to sit in the same seat in the bus, or they all want to sit in the same seat in the plane, and yeah. stuff like that. So th- there is a. But one day I've done chicken fried rice and curry sauce, as right. opposed to chicken curry and rice. Right, so, so yeah. yeah. So the, rice, the chicken was already in the well, rice. It was like. No, no, today. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. But then you have to. We have to marry that up with the guys who. Who want something different every day? But if you have a midweek, if you have a midweek match, you you could be feeding them three times in seven days, mm. Friday, Tuesday, Friday. So you have to kind of shake it up a little bit like that as well. But the, there's no, um, uh, uh, there's not, there's you're not going to get into mad fight foods or anything like that. You yeah, know, you keep yeah. it tight enough, you know what I mean. But it's uh, no, they're kind of straightforward. Enough. Has there been ever been an occasion where someone, I guess, someone in the back room team pulls you and says, "Right, that's not right." We need we need to change it up. No, but I've been, told, I've been told. Oh yeah, we've done burgers one day. Yeah. Burgers, how <laughs> they go? <laughs> the reason we've done it is because I've seen Danny Mandrew putting a putting a burger on uh, on Instagram. And I said, well, if you can if you can eat it on this day off, you can eat it. You know, when they say burger, it was now it was, didn't jump up and down, right? You know? uh, it wasn't like loaded on it. That was just just straightforward bread thing. But uh, 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 <laughs> we used to uh, one backroom member staff used to say the lads didn't like that. The lads didn't like that, right? Yeah. But like, I, I, uh, we we since found out that. He didn't like it. Do you know what I mean? So it wasn't because I'd say to say Mal, I didn't like that last week. Well, we used to be fucking nothing left here. We used to be asked for pulled pork. Oh yes, but we never got asked for it anymore. (laughs) 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 I hope you're not listening to this, lad. So your favorite food to cook and eat? We'll start with you. Where, anything in particular and did you get it from him ask him where he eats after the match on a Friday generally speaking where would you go because I go with him for a lift home we got the McDonald's <laughs> <laughs> a reason there's nothing left yeah. there's, been nothing, there's so many people that come in like we, we, we do extra like, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's kids there there's the prop might be there there's yeah. security you know what I mean in so fairness like, you feed everybody and we've gotten you for all of our live events and stuff like that there's always stuff left over and we all, everybody gets fed the other day there was two wraps left and that's 
That was, that, was it, yeah, but that was just meant we didn't have to stop in the drive through on the way home. Right? <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, more often than not, it's the drive through because because uh, I've probably been working in my own job that morning, then coming home, prepping and darting up the tallet, and then it's hard to eat when you're actually feeding people. You know what I mean? yeah. So it's, when it all dies down, then you go, what's for us? That'd be clever. That'd be clever. Our favourite food is when somebody else cooks it for you. That's yeah, yeah, that's yeah, basically yeah. pretty but, much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Tastes it, different, doesn't it? But even to go going away on the European trips, uh, the lads kind of eat three buffets a day, and it's brilliant. I've seen Rory Gaffney up at five in the morning there recently, up typical culture, up milling the buffet. So I'd imagine there's a couple and of them. usually enforced. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, not eight. five in the morning though. And this, yeah, probably yeah. The, the hour back. Probably six. Could have been six. Maybe he's, maybe he's eating on the way in. So, um, Ray Senior, have you ever fed anyone famous? I have. Yeah. Well, kind of indirectly, and there's Robert's connection to this as well. Um, the Queen Mother. The, you did not. I did, yeah. I was the day before she died. I was getting. Um, I used to work for a company, and I can't go into big yeah, long story. No, right? no, no. I used to work for a company that had an English connection, right? So um, I worked in race cars here, and they used to take me over to to England when they were busy. I did Royal Ascot, I did Cheltenham, I did all those um, White City run and all. Anyway, so um, that's how I mentioned earlier on I seen the corporate in Aston Villa and or, at, at uh, Arsenal and Sports. They did the catering there as well, so I got okay. a look at that. Anyway, so I was in Royal Ascot and this chef was showing me around the place and he brought me up to the, to, up to the uh, Royal Suite, right? And uh, he introduced me to this fella. I can't remember his name for the life of me. I can't remember his name. And he, and he said, this is, we say Paddy, you know. And he says, uh, how's it going? He says, Dublin Aston is a very fine up in Georgetown. He says, I'm from Donnybrook. Right? I says, um, you just got the Rovers? Of course I went to Rovers. Everyone went to Rovers. Yeah. So all of a sudden I was walking up there. But she was eating our lamb chops, our lamb cutlets, and I was giving them a hand to, to, uh, to, to do that but I, I did when I came home then what did she have actually lamb chops lamb, lamb chops yeah, yeah. Um, I did presidential inaugurations in, in Dublin Castle and for a, a good few of them you know um, is there an extra bit of pressure there uh, yeah I, I mean, some of the places are very difficult to work in because they're 150 years old and there's no lifts and, there's no, and they're all stairs and they're up and down them so yeah famous enough yeah. I used to work for Barnard's brother as well which was a help Oh yeah? There was some famous people come in. Did you ever yeah, encounter Mick McCarthy painting the walls? No, that was in the house. <laughs> that was in the house. Yeah. So, um, we're going to talk about, what about you, uh, Ray? Did you ever feel anybody famous? I don't know. I remember doing, remember doing Bono one day, didn't we? In, 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 was it the last birthday party or something? Did Bono you meet him? His cube yeah. and heels, yeah. yeah. His cube? <laughs> yeah, honestly, God, he's still about three feet smaller than me. Yeah, and um, did you see him, what, what he was like as a person? Or? He was all right. Yeah. Yeah, one one of the things that one of his brother it was his fortieth birthday, and I did it out in his house. He lived out in Scrace on somewhere out that way, Delgan or something like that. And was knocking the door, right? And uh, there was four, four fellas outside the door. George Hamilton, the commentator, was one of them because he lives. He's the mate there, and he says, he's, the four of them are carrying a coffin, right? Your life is over. You're forty. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the door. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about last week's show and the overseas supporters as well. So, um, Chef Ray will say, uh, what do you think of the perspective of talking about overseas fans and get, get, getting their thoughts on, on the hoops? I found it quite sa- sad at times, like yeah, I said to you. Yeah. I have a big admiration for him because um, uh, it's hard to do. You, know, you look at Sean Fields, he's, 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 he's in Australia. And the reason I say Sean's because we... 
we talk to him every day in the, in, yeah. the, in the WhatsApp group and he has what looks like and he describes as a great life in Australia and the weather and he's him and the girlfriend are over there but the one thing he kind of misses, really misses, I'm sure he misses his family and all that kind of crack in the area, but is, is Roberts. You know what I mean? Uh, I know, like, uh, uh, Jason Maloney flared, he's of that generation that when he left school there was no jobs. So he would, yeah. so he went, he'd tell himself he went on the doll for a couple of years or whatever like that. And like he flared with the idea of going abroad, as a lot of people did in the kind of mid 80s and mid to late 80s. But Rovers was the thing. Rovers was the reason that yeah. he didn't that he didn't go. Like I went to Berlin myself for six months and just came back. I think I missed about three games in the start of the season and came back and, <laughs> and, and that was it. Yeah, that was it. So, uh, uh, but like like obviously, I think some of this I don't know. I, I knew some of the guys that were on the on the podcast and, and some I didn't. But they. Um, the internet seems to some the older some of the older fellas just kind of they, they kind of cut ties because it was just. Like support, you can't support your team by getting uh, an Irish newspaper two days after a match and yeah. seeing the score. But you, but if if you're watching it live or listen to it live or, or um, uh, like there's guys on the old forum that were as as mad about Rovers as the rest of us, wherever they may be. You know what I mean? But uh, I, I, understand, I understand the, the the sadness aspect of it as well. But uh, but uh, it gives them something. It gives them something to remember homeboy as well. You know what yeah. I mean? And then and then when they do come back. Because of the persona that they've created online or whatever like that, or they might be Facebook friends of people that they never met, all of a sudden they have a ready-made, ready-made gaggle of friends to kind of have a drink with or to meet up or that kind of thing. Or even you see just two or three lads in Australia now that might know each other, but one of them. One of them might be in Perth, one of them might be in Melbourne, but then the guy who's in Melbourne decides he's going to Perth for the weekend and he meets. Yeah, the guy. which has happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which has yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We had Dan um, Fulham organised and we had Steve Seary, Dan yeah, Fulham, yeah. the whole lot. Yeah. Um, I was in the the turn you're in for the game Thursday, and the whack obviously heard the the TV satellite overseas special, and he goes, "I've got a great story for you, mm. Tony Wilkes." He says he went to Mexico in the eighties, met a bird over there, and never came home. <laughs> <laughs> and is that the, any relation to the girl that, that made it? That made that made the phone in? Oh my lease. Um, oh no. <laughs> Australian himself in the 80s, didn't he, and, and came back because of Robert. Yeah, 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 he didn't yeah. stick it out. Yeah, he went in him and before, the, before the, the four in a row. Him and Ray Wilson had the cram. Yeah, uh, yeah. 88 rugby world. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Tony and, and the Wack, uh, they ran the buses together. Uh, Longford, Harps and all that. So he wants me to get him on the podcast. But just on that... The, Sometimes you see photographs. You see uh, Alvin McCready's page on, on, on Instagram now. Yeah, brilliant. The, the, right. So well, I see faces on that that I haven't seen in years because people are sending in the photographs. And I can't fathom how some people can be so... Like you see pictures of European trips from the 80s and away. What makes somebody go to a Europe... Be so die, much of a diehard they go to, I don't know, Garnick's Abshay, we say, in 1994. And then just not... And then just not, Totally, just, totally get what get you're it. saying here. Right? I'm no, this season I'm guilty of missing a couple of games. There's a few things getting used to new new changes. I'm, about, I'm, life, but I'm, but I'm talking about that. On. That's annoying me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know how they can be that entrenched in Rovers, yeah. going to Europe, go away, go home, and then just stop. But you're not making the choice between going to Rovers and a social issue. You're going. You're making the choice between going to Rovers or going to work. Very I'm true. To a family we, yeah, thing, so. you're right there. You're right yeah. there. It's never. It's never just sitting around and saying I'm not ah, going. Yeah, I'm Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's never yeah. like that. Oh, but you'd wonder what Sometimes goes on. Back what clicks? And the act as if nothing happened. People know. Where have you? You've been missing for ten years. years. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 
Um, we're going to talk about our player of the year discussion as well. And somebody that, that didn't make it, who was up for maybe, I don't know, the first 10 games this season, he was people were nailing him on for it, was Andy Lyons. We never yeah. mentioned him in our discussion. We didn't even mention him, but it's purely like his, his performances haven't been as exceptional as they had been but he seemed like but he hasn't been playing badly yeah exactly he, he like hasn't been league, playing badly he seemed like a league player of the year contender by May yeah the fact that we didn't mention him and also Gaffney with his goal on Sunday has only now overtaken Andy Lyons six goals right that's mad yeah yeah we can see his own selfishness by just squaring that ball to Aaron Green. You know what I mean? The then, two of them are unselfish. Yeah, yeah. And then Ar- yeah, Aaron Green repaid the favour, so yeah, yeah. He has that in his locker, though, doesn't he? That pass. It's just so accurate from the left. Did you ever see the way Gaffney just kind of just stretches to the left every time? Mm. That little pocket in the sp- space where the right foot should be in the opposition team. And he just floats mm. around that area and finds the, the runners. Yeah. I love it. So fast that a man couldn't even chop him. I couldn't believe he even tried it. The incredible thing about him is that he's so humble. Genuinely so humble. You go and say congratulations, Rory, it's a great game. Or you man the match, maybe. You know, I just think Mielfler must have been picking man the match this week. Do you know what I mean? He's one of them. Yeah. yeah or, or, he scores or, two, and you say, and you say, well done on the two goals, and you say, should have had a hat trick. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we look a bit of self depreciation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we have more questions later on, but we're going to talk. Of, have a bit of a brief review on Ferencvaros and the final defeat in the fourth leg in Budapest. So uh, we forgot Finna was suspended, Prof. Mm-hmm. He starts all day. I couldn't believe that. Me. I was listening to the podcast and I said, these lads, the prof is better. He hasn't done his homework. <laughs> the, can't believe the dark arts involved yeah. in that one now, considering the week that was in it for him. Yeah. But Gannon came back in, Cavill started midfield again, and Borky was injured. So it seems like the team at the moment kind of just picks itself because of suspensions and injuries. And per- by our personal preference, I think we pretty much are nailed on of what the team is going to start at the minute. Because with Pico out, with Jack out, with Bork in and out of the team. Um, I think it pretty much McCann does. Was McCann a was a massive loss as well. It just gives you a different dynamic. So I think with that, with saying that, how how did you feel going into the game initially? We we are go- I was going into the game saying I hope we don't get a hiding. Yeah. You know? yeah. I just wanted to keep it keep the game open for, for, uh, for, for, Tal- Tal- for yeah. Tal- yeah. I don't think in my heart of hearts that I ever believed that we would get through that toy. Mm. And when I got to the ground, I seen. The stadium was magnificent. You have no idea. It was just. Like, I was, it was saying that proper, the Gar all week. I think that's the coolest stadium we played in, stadium. in years. Brilliant, brilliant, cool stadium. Really good in the flesh. Oh, yeah, and, and yeah. much. When when they say it, it's what was it twenty two thousand twenty three thousand? Yeah, it looks much bigger. And, yeah. and I have to. Their fans are really good. Which I wouldn't have much time for their fans, believe me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but. Uh, um, they never stopped. But but one thing that I noticed, I think were you beside me? I don't know who's whoever's beside me. They stopped singing when the ball was out of play. So say there was a player down injured or something like that, or the water breaks or something like that, the fans stopped. It was oh, like yeah. they gave themselves a breather or something. Yeah, like yeah. Okay, okay. And I took a video, I put it on Twitter, it was about a 20 second long video, of air fans. Yeah. So fairness to air fans, they never stopped singing either, but they were where we were sat, they were drowning it out. Like, yeah, I couldn't believe that. And you but, were really far away from them but as that's well. Why, that's why I videoed air fans when I did, because that was, that was was there was a little lull in play, and you could you could hear air fans then. But they were super solid. Absolutely. Now, do you know what I find? The I find the the perception of European teams fascinating, right? So, like even now we have this simulator that went into the chat and it's on UEFA now. Someone put up a simulator that can uh, give out three teams that we're going to get in the in the yeah, Conference yeah. League, right? So I think someone drew like uh, Bodo Glimt, Villarreal, and some random Riga team. Like our perception of that te- of those teams is purely based on what. We literally don't know a thing about any of these teams, but we, like when we got the Scooby draw, we thought, lovely, 
fucking we'll yeah, take yeah, these yeah. but who are we to say that do you know what I mean like where where does the perception we all thought lovely for Florida talent yeah like we where all, does this deep we all talent to win that toy mm. uh, last year and then like you say be careful what you wish for I, I think it's because a lot of it is because outside of the the Hungarian side a lot of the team a lot of the sides don't seem to have what you call European pedigree mm. like we have and we think that because we have the pedigree that you're better than the others but the massive investment there their stadium cost 63 million someone said 42 million budget yeah well that's what happens when Victor Orban is funding you your man that got the two goals um, uh, Traore yeah 2 million to pay for him I think you know what I mean and you can only imagine what like I mean the 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 average wage over there wouldn't be much at all, but we, I can only imagine what those guys are on. We were playing with the big they, boys they, here, right? We were playing with the big boys. They wouldn't have very good in average. I, I scoured the. You now, if you go on, you can find most wages and a good indicator of what people are on. Non existent. Some of our board go out. You know, the, the, the night before Europe, yeah. it's a kind of a tradition. Exchange pleasantries yeah, and that, yeah. yeah. And I think, uh, I think the question usually gets asked and usually gets answered, but. It, this it, one it got asked yeah. and it got, didn't get answered no. this, this time, no. a diplomatic uh, well, one of the, I, think, I think the vice chairman is, is like one of Orban's right hand men or something like that oh, well, yeah, it's not good is it but they're, but they're really keen to stress that they've that, they've, that they're, they're eradicating racism from the ground and all despite the fact that they got I think a 75 grand fine for the last round for, for such a thing they're just putting on their charm offensive you know what oh, I mean? but well, that said to, we yeah. didn't see any we didn't see any or hear any uh, uh, anything in that kind of failed last week you know what I mean everything was they were all hunky-dory with us you know well, I think I could hopefully put my neck on the line here and say that that Gideon is going to be a superstar is he? yeah is he good? Yeah. Well, where does he play? what type of player is he? midfield, midfield yeah. what are we talking a 6 and 8 a more a 10 yeah, yeah he's he, kind yeah. of linking up well he was yeah. linking up with Jack when he yeah. when him and Jack went on last week but uh, technically he, good again, oh. in training like yeah. that, that, that little 7 side thing they do before the games that we see yeah. um, he just doesn't look out of place for any of our players no. and he's not overawed and Justin's the same you know yeah. um, well, one thing I'll say going back to the dressing room dynamics is that one thing that we'll stress and we've never actually said this to each other I don't think is you have to treat the new guys coming in exactly the same as yeah. Jack Bourne or Alan Manis yeah. or the gaffer or anything like that and you see and you see it sometimes they're, sometimes they're shy they sit oh, there very shy. Wants, yeah, yeah. and you nearly have to drag them up and then once you drag them up once that's it. Next time. that's it yeah yeah but to me that's very important I'm, be, I'm kind of like that anyway do you know what I mean but uh, it's very important just to treat them all exactly yeah. you the say same. to the lads will you have something not on grand right and grand and grand they probably just say, show you yeah, this would this be the established guys not on grand right so will you take something home with you yeah okay so you say to the, the young fellas then will you have something oh, no 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 on grand the head is down no no on grand uh, will you take something home with you no 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 on grand and grand grand and about three or four or six weeks later they're taking takeaways home for their father as well. Even things like uh, there might be young lads there, uh, uh, Conan, Noonan, Noonan and uh, Mikey Lader. Like, we know that their parents are with them. Yeah, and they have a long drive. Yeah. Uh, John Ryan used to come up, he's with UCD now, he's with Limerick. And so we'd kind of, we'd all say, they they never ask for yeah, something yeah, for that. Yeah. We'd say, is your dad with you? Yeah, here, give him that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's nice, it's a nice yeah, gesture, though, isn't it? But uh, we were we were labelled British. What do you think of that one, right? Un- unpleasant. Yeah. It's, just, it's just lazy, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. just. Like, it's so that's, a date, isn't it? Forty years ago, you would have said yeah. you would have held your hands up, but it probably wasn't much different. Well, how long? How long it last? The British label Irish 
British when it suits them. <laughs> yeah, so we yeah, can't yeah. really have a go at the, at the Continentals for calling us British. I yeah. asked your man, you know, my uh, Hungarian expert last week, or whether he was Scottish. Scottish guy, Scottish, yeah. Scottish, yeah. He said, yeah, this, that guy's known for being absolutely clueless about football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes out with this shit all the time. And uh, Graham and the media team, he was saying that the browser was asked about that quote in the press conference. And I had to go a tri- to a translator twice. And it took about three or four minutes like to come true and Brad was like I don't care and then he said again I don't care so there you go so with the the Euro list of hatred prof Brian McKenna so we have mad Bulgarian border guards uh, nuts north Macedonian travel fetishists Mm -hmm. and we have geographically ignorant Hungarians what do you put on your list of hatred for Europe travelling is there anything that Get your goat, you know, really annoys you that you could change or anything. We travel by private jet now. Oh, well, well. well. <laughs> <laughs> um, my latest story about the private jet was we were on the plane early putting out the food. And, uh, you feed them on the plane? Yeah. I remember that. Like, that was, remember at Prague, Prague we got fed? We got skewers, I think it was. So, um, yeah, and I could hear the voice in the galley at the back, Scottish accent, it was a girl. And... Uh, I said, on the private jet? Yeah. yeah. I said, Jesus, we have to pull up with, with Glasgow Rangers now as well. And she told, she pulled out in the court and says, I'm a Celtic girl. She didn't say support her, And then when she came down to, to give us tea or whatever, she's, her name was Shannon. I said, Jesus, why didn't I look at her name before I said that? <laughs> we didn't have Shannon on the way home. And some of the lads went, 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 went please. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah the, so the, 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 the thing that, that kind of, uh, knocks you out is is the delays, you know. Um, it's been rampant, airport hasn't it? delays is crazy. Like the for instance, we're coming back. Where was it? Macedonia was it? Be into Shannon and be your ten feet off the ground or whatever you thought it was, and whoosh, up away again oh, we go. God. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're now going to land in Dublin, and uh, as you could hear. Really big cheer and uh, wish our McGrovers we land where we want <laughs> you know but, but the downside of it was the bags took forever to come out yeah. the players got well went home you might as well the came Shannon, but the, the, the bus driver who was waiting in Shannon ended up getting up to Dublin in time to collect all the stuff Good that's how long it took yeah. Two and a half. Gone, I'll yeah. give you a list of hatred for that go on the scoopiosis right and the reason is we're no angels right and if, if 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 it's there to be had, we have people who will 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 take them up on their offer, no problem, right? But that particular day we didn't, right? And they they had people into the pub, and I don't know. The average age in the pub is probably about forty five, yeah, right. So uh, um, they had a look in, and they decided they, they were going to do it anyway, right? So they had a little spot, and they said, and they they, they seen the in. average age pretty much. Yeah. Buzz O'Neill texts me. He says, "I've just seen a spot." And, he's, and he described like you know the ultras garb the, yeah. the hoodie and all so he would have went and saw jersey scarves, scarves uh, Dave Dunn Jason Maloney this kind of thing you know what I mean uh, Frank Ford was there with his son this kind of thing right? so there was nobody that he regarded threatened at all in there right and um, was, and then they went for it anyway and then but it's because of you, you, you can argue that you can take that with European football and all that kind of stuff the night before the game this kind of thing but the reason is that it meant that when we had our brilliant night the following night, the all them fans, number one, they, they had to go to the game two hours before start. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think that game had a bar either, did it? They were all, you know, they sort of, they're on a concourse drinking fucking seven up for two hours before and the they game. And they were getting, they wanted to get ripped off. 
yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The prices in the in the ground. And then yeah. after the game, they all got escorted back to their hotels individually. Yeah. yeah. So so instead of there wasn't that many of them over there anyway. So instead of the tour of them having a brilliant night in an Irish bar and and all that goes along with it, we're at the qualifying for the group stages. The, the, we that didn't affect us. We were on the plane home. Right? Yeah. But uh, uh, that that was a real kind of a. Down. So were the bars closed and it was a case well, of okay let's just sneak back out anyway. anyway yeah there wasn't the bars kind of were, were, I think twelve o'clock was the, was the close time and the match kicked off at nine so you would have only got like an hour and, a, and but it's still yeah. you know yourself you want to I love going back out to match and when the when the adrenaline's at the moving down sit down and you can talk about the ins and outs of the game and all that kind of stuff there's actually and, coherent and, conversations and, happening and what you had was groups of twos and threes and maybe even once some fellas probably booked hotels by themselves hmm. and uh, and they're sitting on line kind of the same way the rest of us are at home what so, fella was on his own and he's got his car to back to the hotel by three policemen yeah, yeah, and he says yeah. all my dreams came true when we're talking about the odds anyway we were 13 to 2 highest odds prop I've seen in a long time you Must think of any yeah I can't think of but damn 97 to 1 anybody back it no, Mitzi, like <laughs> Mitzi, probably. Well, people were fearing the Tomkin because you had the black jersey, you had yeah. Paddy McGrath, and, <laughs> and you had RTE. So that's the trifecta of doom there. Well, I can't understand why the black jersey wasn't worn against Bangor. We can't understand that. Just get it. Get, get the yeah. Get and, it. And, and, I don't think they, they believe in it, do they? No. What? What? Did you? Did you? One player. One player says to Mal, "Born that jersey." I want to know how that is. The man's making sense. But the TV perspective as well, we had Conor O'Sullivan 40 seconds into RTE's coverage and Declan Fabio O'Brien, a, ho- a hoops favourite. His opening contribution was to tell the national audience that if Lopez was playing, Bradley would have put four across the back. It would have been the first time he'd done that in five years. So excellent analysis. And as you know, we do know Fabio. And I, when I heard that, I texted him and I said, you fucking head case. We haven't played five four at the back in a long time. He goes, football's all about options. He says, you're backtracking now. He says, you got caught. He said you were yeah. totally spoofing, take it on the chip. Did you not realise that Dan Cleary has just slotted into seamlessly into Pico's position, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I listen, I think you just you, you were threatening him not to rob my stats as well. But yeah, because he, he was putting up uh, clapping hands and emojis yeah. saying, Those stats are great. I said you better credit him. You better oh. credit the prop. <laughs> also Kenny Cunningham couldn't believe we were playing Cavill in midfield, even though we did the week before. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what happens when you get these commentators or maybe not watching us every week, but uh, my my just a hatred for if in general, <laughs> our, our, our How long do we have? assist stats does my head in. We what was Maloney thinks that we don't care about assists, isn't it? Isn't that mm. what it is? Well, I, I don't care I do. about assists. Oh, you're, you're, playing, you're playing, and, and funny you thing, to. you're very, it's, it's very important. Brad, someone, someone in Ballyfermot is screaming. <laughs> Brad, you can hear them. Chasers' <laughs> windows are smashed. Brad refers to him as the group. He never says the team or the squad. It's always the group he talks about. But as fans, that's Brad's yeah. and his mentality. As fans, we we like these things. Like I love yeah, the past before the assist. No, I don't like them. Top. What? Yeah, what? Goalkeeper goalkeeper takes the kick out and goes down the middle. Um, Gaffney heads it on and Green scores. Is that an assist? Well, some some are has more, to be done. Some are more has to be done, Ray. No. Yeah, true, true, very much so. Some Gaffney's wasn't assist. Do that. There was no look involved in that. He yeah. Got into position. He took three of them over with a pass, and Green was able to. Well, he had a bit of work to do. I think if that. we um if we threw up a stat on Twitter, let's say, and we said here's the most assists in the league, and it said like uh, Jack eighteen, and it said McElhaney, McElhaney second seventeen. We'd all love that. Yeah, that yeah, we know Jack. A hundred percent, yeah. They they're, they're non-existent because it takes a lot of work and it's time. An American thing, isn't it? Mm. Is it basketball that came from forces? I think that's creeping yeah. into football lately yeah, as well. Yeah. They're looking at like you've seen it now when after match duels won 
yeah. aerial like attempts you know things like that it's all percentages of passes like, there's a palm. lot of more stats involved in the game then. Oh. then you have Dundalk fans are going on about stats of uh, possession stats of yeah. did you listen to the show no but I'm looking forward to it that, you'll yeah, enjoy yeah. it on the way home that's, the, that's, that, yeah. the, that's the, what I'm talking about is the, is the, is the possession stats right he could spend 90 minutes in our own box with the ball yeah. and you've got 100% possession <laughs> I, like this take on it. I like his take on things yeah. but just back to the Dundalk one you're going to enjoy it because is this kind of a, going an American twang you know the guy did you listen to it yeah, he's I got did, like yeah. a bit of an American twang just you'll enjoy his I take I know one from Twitter I know one of the hosts I, I love how how everything is Dundalk tinted because it's I get it it's us as well it's what we do we like do well. we're breathing yeah. the exact same seat if we were there because we take all the positives of our performance and then try and spin yeah. it and I could feel the desperation in their voices and they're trying their best so what do do I Stephen O'Donnell's done to Stephen Bradley what Stephen Bradley done to Stephen O'Donnell the other day the whole yeah. Twitter yeah. would be up in arms telling you how Bradley hasn't got a clue he's could not you imagine, you imagine bang on the, on, the, on the button there imagine yeah. Bradley bang came on. from a 3 nil defeat and spoke like that Bradley like, destroyed him tactically just destroyed it. Yeah, we've done it three times. That was the hilarious thing. The mm. thing either the three goals were identical. He, he either he, he hadn't got the, the the gumption to change it up, or he's just I don't know. He's just pig headed and he wasn't going to do it. But. He was very pig headed in, in his interview. But um, we went back but, to the ticket sale, well, prof. Well, one hundred sixty. One hundred sixty. Like I said, Gary, I was in the town you're in, and do you remember that barman, Kieran? <laughs> uh, was it the end of last season? The fastest barman in the fucking west. It's like he's stuck on fast forward. And he's this just is no like joke. Pulling points and he's just moving. Opposite of a Maltese barman. He is unbelievable. Honestly, uh, I go down to the turn you're in on a on a on a, a busy night just to watch him. He's a joy to watch. He really, is. he's ridiculous. Um, 35, 36 degrees. Uh, so people standing in the stand were sweating buckets. I imagine. Uh, what about the players? It must uh, been, it must uh, been the, tough. The Hungarian ambassador, uh, the Irish ambassador to Hungary, whatever you want to put it. He was he. Popped his head in for lunch, I think, the day of the game, with the lads in the hotel, and he said that was the hottest day of the year. There, he told us. So even the Hungarians found it. Yeah, yeah, too yeah, hot. yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. the next day it was thunderstorms, wasn't there? It was there, was, there was rain. I think this week it's it's been a, uh, but it was really hot. We've done them all this year, and it's it's the been uh, that was the hottest. Yeah, you were just just kind of sweating, standing there. Doing but you've had no cold trips, am I right? No cold trips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anyway. Well, tell, tell you one thing: Budapest is an absolutely brilliant spot. So of all the trips we've been this year, that's the one that you'd go back to for a weekend. Yeah. Robert Goggins actually travelled to this one, Gare. Yeah. Oh, so the Goggins went, yeah. He was one of the last minute seats, wasn't he? Was there many empty seats? Trip. No, no, I don't Chose the so. text one next time. One or two, mm. I think, maybe. Robert was saying he one bought... One or two last minute uh, pull-outs. Robert was saying he bought this tropical shirt, yeah, which looks very it. un... Robert Goggins like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. more and, uh, <laughs> and he, what he said was that Jack Byrne approached him and he, he appeared to be approaching on behalf of the players and he proceeded to absolutely rip him apart and he's like what the fuck is that <laughs> Jack will do that yeah. Yeah. so we're beating 4-0 um, unfortunately an early goal prof. It, um, it undone us as well and there's one thing that we wanted was to stay competitive but they just we were under serious pressure the first 15 these yeah. gave Ludogretz a hiding and they're just a really really good team they are really good un- team. unbelievable pedigree involved and this is something that we spoke about before is that are we able to compete with teams like this like we did with Milan and but these these were just on a different level yeah their first touch their movement was, was unreal oh, it was scary every time, every time every time the uh, possession broke 
for them. They just looked. There was four or five just charging down. Especially in the middle, didn't it? Yeah, they yeah, looked. Yeah, they looked. Yeah, yeah. I thought your man, number ninety-three. I think it was Leandro. What was his name? He was a Tunisian international. He, he was. A, he was a twenty star. odd caps for yeah. Tunisia. Like that's what you're dealing with, which is guys who are competing in the North African, mm. like the, with North African champs. Unbelievable. Was player. Was now mm. Wingo playing wing back as well. I feel like I'll wing the American. Back. Oh, the American. Left foot. Well, really we all those clubs again. Yeah. Yeah. But the touch. Um, even even when we lump the ball, <laughs> just to, just to give ourselves a breather. When they send a half, just take one touch. And you are big, strong gone. lads as well. Yeah. There was no, you know, you know. You, you sometimes say some of our lads are, aren't the strongest, and they get pushed off the ball a bit and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. But they were just super, super side. And it, it goes to show you that that Green had the ball up in the corner flag at one stage, didn't he? Mm. And then he lost it. Boom, 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 boom. It's a goal. Gone. Yeah. Goal. Mm. You know. So just uh, how quick the turnover and is. Yeah. Like there were two kind of two unfortunate goals in it. You know, they were goals that you can see and you just thought but who did we meet we met somebody who said uh, Quarterbag were two steps yeah. up from them yeah. so like, that's frightening that's frightening yeah. to me two yeah. steps yeah. up yeah but even though on top of the that goals Fer- were, exa- were kind of the way we were they were sat back and Quarterbag were the ones oh, clown yeah. on to them yeah so, we actually met a Quarterbag fan in, in Budapest yeah we got stopped in the street. Yeah. We were stopped in the street. Excuse me, can yeah. we ask you a question? Hungarian fella or no? Oh, from from uh, Baku. Jesus, Azerbaijan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the first two goals, just you know when you can see these goals that they're just totally avoidable, and you just think yourself, that's the last thing you need against a team like this. You want to stay solid. You want to stay right at the back, and just it just it was one of just a horrible. Is this stingy yeah. goal? You know, one of those. They hit each of Al's posts as well, so it could have been more. But then the worst part was the timing of the third. Obviously, the Absolutely. third goal is a disaster. Absolutely. The way was it three minutes in the second half? Was it only two minutes Even in? If. Yeah, a real tired, lethargic clearance from uh, Sean Gann, and uh, yeah, disaster of a goal. Uh, Jack's introduction as well. Do you think we're going to see anything worthwhile from Jack this season? Absolutely. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think is he there. chomping at the bit? Getting there. Yeah, and he's. Uh, he looked really good. He looked like the, the old Jack there, you know what I mean? But uh, and uh, I think every twenty minutes, half an hour, he gets it's, it's gonna. We're gonna need him. You yeah. know what I mean? We're gonna need him. Um, uh, how many many games have you watched this year when he was on the bench and, and you're gone? Jack looked this. Jack mm. this. You know what I mean? Um, but he's been a bit of a afterthought at the minute because we're we're doing so well. well no, he's just not fit. The fact that he is still to come into the team is such yeah, a bonus yeah, yeah, yeah. to us, considering the league and the cup double. Still I've on. said it for a long time that that uh, someone made the point today of reading about what's been or uh, on podcast uh, um, suitable for Europe. I think Jack is more suited to Europe. What hundred percent agree with you? Yeah. But if, you, Jack, if someone told you start the season that you'd be ten points clear, we, we'd call it ten points clear uh, from Derry at least, and then seven points for the game and have no talk. With Jack having played a handful of games. And Jack coming in, and now Pico, Pico out, yeah, 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 yeah. Berkey, no, a lot of bitch a handle. Like how good was Berkey when he came on uh, in uh, Stoppy? Yeah, and all he just, just yeah. dumb. not, not and, even, and, not even the assists. And just the forgotten man, <coughs> the forgotten man was is uh, McCann. Yeah. Now a lot of people didn't write him. I didn't like him. But JC turned him around. A lot of people, didn't yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. He played yeah. like played like last season injured as well. Every mm-hmm. time we, we were in the dressing room afterwards, and nearly every game he was up on the sorry he was up on the. Uh, Treatment table getting some yeah. hammer or something like that. So, but back if you remember back last year when Boss beat us in the cup and uh, did we lose three games in a week or something like that? <coughs> I can't remember. Like uh, we were down to the bare bones. We went to Dundalk and I don't know if we even played any subs because we only had kids on the bench. Yeah, I think so, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So that like McCann was playing then he's playing through the pain barrier, I suppose you know. And O'Neill is brilliant, but he's getting very little protection. 
I think you need to play a certain type of player beside O'Neill to get the best McCann, out of him, you know, McCann, McCann yeah, and McCann. Yeah. He's formed a good yeah. partnership with him. With Gideon Tete, European I, I, debut, I, I, lads, you just like the look of him. Oh, he's yeah. going to be a superstar. Hmm. He looks very, very skillful. Yeah. The fact that Bradford chose him to come on and make, make his debut above all the other academy players, it, it says something about Gideon. Do you think we're going places as regards to the Rosestone development with the likes of Ferrazoy and Tete coming in? And do you think that instead of maybe a transfer policy, we could start promoting these guys in and take a chance? Well, I think that the, the transfer is the natural progression yeah. after bringing them into the side. Yeah. You know. Um, if they're good enough, to, people will want them. You yeah. know, that's, yeah. that's you know, John made a great point. Garrickland on, what, I think, the LOI Central podcast, something I didn't think about. Bradzer has been deliberately deliberately promoting players in positions we need so Idemo came through at the time he did because we we need we had a vacancy there yeah. back up to Green and Gaffney I actually never thought about it like that before so now that we're seeing Gideon maybe he's identified that area we need someone now that area yeah definitely yeah well, I have to say that, that that going back to the dressing room again is the character of people that are in the dressing room is superb there's no messers, there's no big heads, there's no, you know. But it's not boring either. No, no, no. Yeah. They're, 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 I think Brazza won't even bring them in if it doesn't. If, we've often said to Brazza, A, B, C, and D, and say, not for us. That's, that's you know, that's, that's the, the saying, quote, isn't it? Not, not for us. You know, so. Mm-hmm. so um, we mentioned Ray's video earlier, recording the fans. I, I wrote it down here, 74th minute, water break. And you could just hear our fans, ta la la la. And I was like, I can't believe we can hear them. Some the noise TV. out of man. It's deadly. That's, a, nice. that's what I said earlier about the yeah. water break that, they, yeah. that they, their fans just stopped. Yeah. Um, 82 minutes I have here was Manus's uh, great one handed save. Yeah, it was like a penalty Down. save, wasn't it? Your man, your man just yeah. collected it on the six yard line, torn yeah. And, and yeah. So, considering that save and then considering an injury time, Tell had what I thought was a Stonewall penalty. Did you think <laughs> yeah, so? Ridiculous. So, considering that, to then concede the fourth yeah, in stoppage time was, was a somebody, killer. Somebody, and it was a soft goal. It was like, soft, uh, wasn't it? That's what we just say if we're sitting there saying, that's soft, that's, you know. Somebody beside me, and I can't remember who it was, you were on the bench, I was on the kind of, the overflow bench, yeah. said, uh, they might do Dundalk here. Oh, we haven't conceded a goal from Conor since Dundalk, something like that. Yeah, the next yeah. Next ball, bang, yeah. bang, in the goal. <laughs> It was a strange guy. It was like it was right into the ground. Yeah, 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 a load yeah. of through, I think Brad even said that. It went yeah. through 17 people or something yeah. like that. Mm. To, get where yeah. it, to get where it went. So we were saying in the turn you're in, like we're saying, we just don't want a dead rubber and tallow. Yeah. And then the ball goes in. and like, yeah, well, there it is. Yeah. The dead rubber and tallow. We had a good quote from the WhatsApp group as well. It said, I'd rather be tonked in a playoff than in six games in the group, which is yeah, a good yeah, argument. Yeah, it's a good argument. Is it... Decided yet we in part three? I don't, I'm not clear. It'll, 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 it'll depend on the results in the next couple of days. But I think we're waiting um, on confirmation from our re- residents. Fans and players are like, well, <laughs> you're always going to want to. You're always going to want to to play in the highest possible. Now, I mean, look, you look at um, yo-yo teams in the Premier League, like West Brom, something like that. Yeah. They always want to be in the in the Premier or League, Norwich or despite the yeah. fact that they might have an absolutely brilliant season in in the in the second tier. You know what I mean? And here's the stat that nobody wanted, Gar. Oh, God. As their heaviest defeat since Cork 5 0 in the Cup 2016. Jeez, oh, do you remember that? I remember that. Yeah. It's their heaviest defeat in Europe since Spurs 4 0 in Tallah. It's their heaviest, this is an interesting one, our heaviest away defeat in all competitions since Bowes 4 0 2012. Ooh. 
can't believe it went that far back. Yeah. yeah. The, interesting, the interesting stat uh, that comes out of all those stats, the most interesting one to me is the 4 0 against Spurs and Tala, where Kane scored his first goal. Last weekend, he scored his 250th. Mad, isn't it? There you go. So, Ray with the stats. Ray with the stats. <laughs> that's your time. Um, Shannon flew home through Shannon. Uh, Shannon Airport is a brilliant airport. It's the biz. Yeah, we did. We loved it. Yeah. We were honestly in there within three to five minutes. Three to five minutes, no passport. We get the red. Personally, us two get the red car, but we've a little. This is what I'm going to show you now. We've a kindred <laughs> spirit down there. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. James yeah, yeah. Kelly. We met him on a forced trip. Yeah. And, uh, that was up today. Does it, okay. He met us on his first trip, James Kelly, and um, he, he looked after us like we were kings. Yeah. Brought us on the plane. Now you had to get airside, but they got airside. They give us a little private room as well to yeah. kind of just yeah. to it's like to relax in. It's like, it's like yeah. a jetman's club, you know, like armchairs. I wouldn't know what that is, right? I wouldn't yeah. know. That well, we, I've never been. I've never sat in the And so it's just a little. It's a little bit of privacy. There's nobody there. It just doesn't suit you, lads. The presidential suite is there. Is there a bar? Is there a bar? No, no. No? Uh, I don't know. No. The last coffee. Well, he's got free champagne on the way back from Macedonia. Yeah, yeah. some of the players didn't. Uh, we, should have, we should have pulled the court across, I think. What's it? I was driving when I got home, wasn't I? So I just, all I just, driving, I just said, uh, um, give us a drop. And uh, Pico was behind me, and all I heard was, you're killing us. <laughs> Um, no, I wanted to ask this did you hear that rant by Brian Kerr on Virgin Media I did actually I read it again today I just read it, it was, yeah it was like he, he was bang on the money but yeah. I want to ask is have you have we been given an answer as to why the Bulgarian club was it the Pat- CSKA Sofia yeah. why did they get a charter in and out of Dublin but we still haven't been able to have we been given an answer on that know. it wasn't just them was it? It, was, it was somebody else as well no, Ludogress did Shannon though yeah yeah and, and Dublin like, Airport gave us slots last week, but they were ridiculous. Can you give us an insight into why we can't actually fly in? Is, do you have I any insight info? I think, I think, in actual fact, the truth of it is probably that we can, but it just doesn't suit. It's like they're giving us stupid. They're giving, oh, okay. us, they're, they're giving us stupid slots, so they can turn around and say. But as we offer them slots, yeah. so it might necessarily mean that you won't fly back after the game to stay annoy. Yeah, whatever. Then, or hang around an airport for six hours. Yeah, no, ridiculous. You know I mean? it's ridiculous. Carry on. Um, like the the, the oh, I don't know who said it. Somebody said the other day that the point the point that we got in Derry was directly related to the um, what's the word the the travel that we done. In other words, I know charters are expensive and all that kind of thing, but that. Um, the ease of that compared to the Bulgarian trip where it was kind of um uh, logistical nightmare let's yeah, say. Yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 um, that helped much more and like and again we only flew in on Friday morning. We only got to I got home at half four. Half four on uh, Friday morning. Friday morning. And uh, then we have what? Then we're playing the game on Sunday, and we yeah. and we beat the second the team second in the league. Yeah. It's ridiculous when you think about it. Handy, yeah. But, but would we have done that if we were coming home like like? Uh, playing trains and automobiles, which which was the case before. Or, they, or look what look what happened. Even when Pat's had the charter, they, they got the rope pulled from underneath a few weeks ago. You know. So the, yeah. the other aspect of the, this uh, European uh, journey is that um, the media are focused on this three point three million. Mm. But it's nobody, a, lot, a big chunk taken out of that. Absolutely, yeah. nobody is talking about charters aren't charters. exactly sixty to. No, 70 not. grand anymore, you know what I mean? It was 1 million in 2011, I'd say most of that went on 
Yeah. Yeah. I hope the yeah, players yeah, are getting a decent bonus yeah. out of it, yeah. right? Because yeah. they deserve it. Like they yeah. wouldn't have, have walked in, but there's all the extra work that has to go in to but, to, but to uh, the, the 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 level that air players uh, travel. And the and the and the hotels that we stay in are as good as if it was Man United or Chelsea or oh, really? yeah. oh, absolutely. The, the, the chart that we were on last week, we we one of the players asked, yeah. the the they couldn't have a spare pilot if you know what I mean. So oh, like yeah, yeah. So he's sitting down the back, yeah. he's one of the lads. You now we raise his name actually. Yeah, we, yeah, like, you know, yeah. and a big Cockney bloke, and uh, uh, I think it was. Somebody asked him who's the most famous people they had in the plane. Oh, and he said, "We had Chelsea last week." No, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So they're 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 using that the same planes we are, and we're staying in the absolute. We're staying in the Radisson. The Radisson, best. yeah. So so like we're getting as we, yeah. despite having a budget that's minute compared to these other previously mentioned teams, we're they're still getting the care yeah. as good as they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For us, it was this, for me anyway. It's a complete new experience to be on this private jet. So we, I said to the, the steward, I said, "It's the two men." Who's the most famous bum was ever on these seats? Mine, darling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a member. Member. Oh, I member. Oh, I member. Yeah, so members, tell us about how it came about. Were you part of the originals? Uh, I, I didn't uh, sign up straight away. Um, I wasn't married that long. Uh, and I... Uh, what was, what was it? It wasn't as easy as just giving 50 quid a month back then, though, was it? 40 quid a month at the time. But wasn't and it then, a few I, quid up front? What, do you know what done me? The direct debit. Yeah. I, I, uh, and then I think a few months into it, I remember I, was, I had a chat with Robbie Tommy in the Horse and Jockey open thing, and that night he just kind of convinced me, and then I just phone call me, direct debit done. And, uh, Did you get uh, your brick? No, I never paid for the brick. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been, I've been a member ever since, yeah. And what you, uh, Mr. Beale? I'm much later being a member, only the last few years, I think. So, um, paprika, famous paprika before story. The, before the paprika. Um, paprika. Paprika or paprika? Pa- paprika. paprika. Dublin is paprika. 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 Uh, Prague, 2003. Yeah. Shots fired. I, what, what I was like? in the pool, but I wasn't there when the shots were fired. Leighton <laughs> Doyle is the man for this story. What do you tell her? Oh, I tell it. He's told it all the time. He just hasn't told it online. Uh, yeah, I was there. But that was the one. Butler was asleep at the bar, and, and was there low. someone in the chimney as That's well? The one, yeah. That was no. That was, that was, that was That was the wee year before. Yeah. Butler was. Butler was. He was getting fleeced, wasn't he? He lost all his money. And they were running up a tab on him. There was he lost it. all his money. <laughs> and um, what happened? Someone betting that he couldn't go through the weekend without without any money, right? <laughs> So he took that bet on. So he's gone around. Somebody paid him the train fare to the game. Somebody paid bought some match tickets. Somebody bought him gaggers. So by the end of the night, he was taunted. He was on the on the bar, and he just kept like it was obvious. Like, mm. like these locals just kept putting yeah, he's it's on his thing. And he's saying, oh, but I died of death. I only I woke up the next morning, and somebody said uh, there were shots fired in the pub, and I'm there going, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. what really happened? But yeah, <laughs> honestly, God, Leighton Doyle is a man for that story. He was. I think. Uh, I think he's one of the, if not the only Roberts fan, one of the few who was actually in the bar when the shots were fired. Yeah. So. It did happen. Yeah. And your dad. Yeah. We are coming home from Modena, and I think I'm still wet after that Modena, and uh, was, I don't know what the grief was or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, and the, the cops get on the plane, and Butler just stands up. It's me. Go on. Remember. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your dad wants me to ask you about Cove 2006, the fly. Or is it the flight to or back was diverted? Was it? No, I was I was in Orlando on holidays, and 
we flew home via New York or something like that and into Dublin and what was, oh yeah no sorry the way home yeah anyway it's, and then I, I got a connecting flight from Dublin down to Cork with no sleep I was in bits I think I fell asleep at the match standing up someone else <laughs> and uh, then the next day we had a connecting flight oh, sorry we had a flight home and uh, I was you know when you're forced to go you're kind of waving everybody laughing haha I'll be in town in a few hours and all that kind of so uh so we went, went out to, I can't remember how we got out to the airport, we got out to the airport, and we were in Cork Airport, you can see the planes landing, there's I've never been there, no, you can watch it, yeah. Planes, like looking out the window there, there's planes landing outside, and uh, what's it, uh, you could see like how windy it was, and it was like there's planes coming in, like, you know, Wobbling. and um, uh, so, we'd say my flight was at four o'clock, that got, that got cancelled, or the, it got changed, or the flight didn't, the, I think the plane landed in Shannon, so, uh, so in their infinite wisdom, they put us on a bus, from uh, Cork to Shannon and then flew us from Shannon home right? so, drove you home. but the lads who I was waving at who I was slagging that they were going to be stuck there with the hangovers and everything they rang me from the M50 saying you know, they were gone where they were gone <laughs> where are you? and I said Shannon airport <laughs> and uh, I don't think we got home it was about 10 o'clock that night or something the night was a bit of a down square but uh, yeah it's just one of, another one of them days following robbers you know so the paprika story. paprika story is there there is a story isn't there yeah, tell us same. tell us the paprika story I'm not sure someone got the hold of your phone wasn't it uh, someone I I paid for someone who wasn't internet savvy uh, I paid for the for the for the Cypress game the the Nicosia game yeah. for them so I paid for it but to sign in on the on the credentials it was easier just to say sign in via Facebook yeah 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 so I pressed sign in via Facebook rather than go through a whole uh, ring roll so uh, so I signed I paid for the match and that kind of stuff and I, I told the person who that um, that uh, what to do but what the next day when the match was on they had to go through via they could only get to it via my Facebook page so because of that I had to give them my password <laughs> so that was that so a couple of days later I took up my phone and it's on fire the, the notifications are bombarded hundreds of replies so there was there was a a, 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 a status put on, on my own status this person had picked up the phone and realised they were still signed into my Facebook so <laughs> rubbed their hands together <laughs> and uh, so there was a story about uh how I felt I wasn't appreciated. That <laughs> so, someone told me that the curry was okay, but it could do with a bit more paprika. Uh, and all the subs, all, all the it was a good nine paragraph. Or yeah. I'm paraphrasing here. I can't even remember. The comments after were brilliant. Like were, Ray, you're so good. Don't mind them, Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you okay, Shin hon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to this day, I think I'll get flagged paprika hoops or something because it's it's still uh, uh, the person who done it who will remain nameless will be uh, giggling away to himself. Yeah, so we're going to talk a bit about Malta, Bulgaria, North Macedonia. We have kind of touched them a little bit there, but were you working for Malta and Macedonia, but not Bulgaria? Was yeah, that? we we travelled we travelled to Bulgaria as as an army. As fast. Yeah. Um, we went with the lads on the Monday out to Bucharest, which Bucharest been there done that. We won't, we won't be back. Yeah. And then we got the minibus. I can't remember who was the minibus. Uh, the, the infamous minibus now with Dan, Dan and, yeah. and uh, we got into Bulgaria no problem there was a pub near the ground we didn't see much of Bulgaria to be fair there was a pub near the ground we, yeah. we set up shop there cheap beer grub was okay and uh, the match was the match and then we got to the bar and 
what we were doing the night before the game we'd found a bar that opened till three but served till four oh, even yes. though because we were there yeah and so that's that's what we that was the countdown right so we're leaving the ground now at 11 it's a two and a half hour drive that means we've x amount of drinking time and then every half an hour the border was cutting into our drinking time and then i think kieran came was over as as um a board member, a members club member, members club board member, he was over kind of with Dan, he came back over shaking his head saying, this, this isn't going to get any, it's going to get worse for us, it's going to get better kind of thing. Yeah. You know? And all it's, at this stage, we're all assuming it's going to be worked out and again, it's just, it's another half hour off our drinking time and then it became apparent that there wasn't going to be any drinking time. At this stage, we're starving because we haven't eaten since probably four o'clock that yeah. afternoon. But, uh, and then everybody knows then what happened with Dan then, you know. So, uh, well, tell that from your perspective, actually. Well, that uh, again, I sat on the bus because the more people that go up, and we have to bear in mind, a situation there, yeah. fairly well on drunk football fans. So, so uh, as I said, Kieran was kind of uh, uh, liaising with them for want of a better word. And uh, so I just sat in the, I just sat in the, in the, in, in the bus on my phone, and, and like I said, it was, it was, it was getting worse before it got better. And uh, uh, just got, it got to the stage where they just said, like, they just said. He's gone. He's arrested. He's in. He's he's gone back. This we were at the Romanian border, but it was he was the Bulgarian authorities that actually took him back. Yeah. So uh, they just kind of sent us on our way, you know. Have you seen that photo? I haven't seen. He won't show anybody. Really. I went, no, no, not not the passport. The one that Graham took of the the six security the guys just laughing at him. Yeah, they pinned yeah. his ears. I've seen him pinning well, his we, ears back. They did that out on the road actually. Yeah, out yeah, on yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. out in public, they were. Was pulling at his ears and that sort of stuff. Yeah. They were pulling at his ears. Yeah, they're, they're pushing his ears back, back and down to try and see because mm. uh, it didn't look like him on the phone. I I couldn't understand why they were so anxious to keep him in Bulgaria. I would have thought they would have been just happy to get rid of him. Yeah, he'd won the no, it wasn't the, it was the it was the Romanians wouldn't let him in. I oh, would it? Yeah, oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. why did he go back? Because 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 the Bulgarians were the last to let him in. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they sent him back. But uh, so we move on to the dressing room. Scopia. Um was it a special place afterwards? Main man here. <laughs> <laughs> it just happened. He had the mills. Right, it just happened. Um, well, a little bit of background to it was that the two young lads were on their first trip, right? And when you're on your first trip, you have to stand up holding a bottle on the chair, holding a bottle, telling initiation. people, initiation, what's your name, where you're from, and what you're going to sing. Right. Yeah. and the two boys just made a complete mess of it bad bad didn't so much so that I think it doesn't count yeah so much so oh, yeah. I think it doesn't count and it was building me a book what they were trying to sing right so it was oh, Justin right. and Gideon yeah. right so it was Justin it was Gideon Tom. and someone else Tom Tom and uh, um, and Gideon so they were in the corner so someone started singing and they were saying go on get up get up get up and then come on Pico put it on the, on the, on, on the speaker and then it just Developed from there. Yeah. So Jerry is a great singer. Um, Jerry Bourne. And you can see me standing beside Jerry because I didn't really know all the words to it. Your going. damn hips were rocking. Your <laughs> hips were rocking. <laughs> the yeah. Best part of the video though, Gaffney. Just in oh, the Gaffney, corner. Just, yeah. Eating yeah. the curry. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not usually a grubber. Really, you know. Does that say a lot about your curry? or was the equity. Was the equity. That was there. So oh, you, which, is, which is a constant disappointment. Yeah, yeah you. <laughs> yeah, you've um, come to the... You've come to you have secret ingredients, I believe, for the curry because we were just we dissect it. We're always talking about it, and when we kids eat it and stuff like that, there's something there that we can't tell what it is. There's something that makes it. I don't even know, and I mean, you don't even know. I could make, I could put, 
you could give me six of the same ingredients, six pots, and I'll make a six different type. Now, they'll be similar, yeah. but they, they won't be, not the way you get like a, a McDonald's yeah. curry recipe, and yeah, they, they yeah, all yeah, taste yeah. the same no matter what. Yeah. It's just, just, it's just, I, I do know it's differences actually. Yeah, there will be differences. Like some, from, some from week to week, I'm like, hmm, bit spicy. Some days it's hot. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Get, that, could, that could come down to, uh, on a busy Friday, I could make three or four hundred portions of curry, depending yes, on who I'm doing yeah. it for, right? So, and I'm a constant taster. Always test why again. That's why you, you don't kind of wouldn't you wouldn't be sitting down eating because you're probably eating six portions of it. <laughs> yeah, I constantly, I, tell, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put something into it into onto a plate or into a into a, a container without a tasting force. So, but you become immune to it then. Mm. So the last pot you make is probably that bit spicier because you can't taste it when you're doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. When we one of the hotels that we stayed in actually had an Indian restaurant. Yeah. Malta, Malta. Yeah, and Hugo was it? Hugo's the, the, Indian. Um, no, we, we, no, we, we don't. We don't the same groups like you. <laughs> uh, um, but the, uh, we thought this is going to be the the business, right? So Pardon. they brought us out a sample that was grand, and and then like they didn't put enough stuff in it. We you bring our mean? own containers. With we us bring our own containers. And say fill them. Fill, yeah. And then so we learned from that, and we brought we brought our own curry with us, and one that was frozen. Said, that's what we want X amount of this X amount of this okay. and it still didn't come no, out I was like a demon last week I was like a demon last wouldn't week Philip wouldn't do it for you like. but they put this child's portion see, the, the problem, the problem about it is, is that we get that gets delivered to the stadium at half time yeah so we've not that must have been a bit of an expense as well was it to procure that sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 but, it, but I'm, of all the four this year some of them have tasted better than others but yeah. uh, but uh, the lads need a sub- something substantial into them, and yeah. I, I, he'll tell you, I was like an absolute demon. Well, the one, the, 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 the most serious one that a lot was Malta, was it Malta? Um, we are uh, we're getting um, wraps, you know, um, burrito wraps. Right? Yes, yes. And uh, we asked for two with no cheese for the two no cheese yeah. eaters, right? And we asked them to be to be marked and labelled. Didn't mark. And they didn't do it. Yeah. So, okay, so two lads could Two lads couldn't eat for four and a half hours on the plane. You know what I mean? So, but but when you're meeting, we, we go yeah, out of our way to meet these people and we send them oh, yes, text yes, messages. We oh, get yes, a, yes. so it's in writing. This is what we want, yeah. and they'll respond to yeah. And the, the, the suit will always say yeah, of course. And I even said to to the kind of uh, liaison girl that that just be over there, and I said to her, I get the impression that these guys are just nodding their heads and telling us what we want to hear. And she said yeah, I'll sort it. And uh, and then when it came, I know straight away by lifting the box if there's if there's significant amount of it. In <laughs> yeah, the yeah. We actually said to them, we showed them like. Uh, we got the sample we bought and said that's how heavy we want it do you know what I mean and it wasn't and uh, now there was food on the plane on the way back so they didn't starve around like that you know still I mean? that was not what you want yeah, yeah, professional yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure they're paying good money for it that's club, what I'm you know? saying and the famous footy scran review uh, this was the meatballs one wasn't yeah, it meatballs, yeah. uh, I wasn't there that day <laughs> <laughs> some of the comments were just ridiculous like how can you just look at a photograph of meatballs that's and overcooked like, oh that's all <laughs> you fucking it's a photograph you're sitting in Chester you little I'll tell you one thing uh, uh, an ex-customer of ours who knew plays for Dundalk Sam Ball he one of the comments was uh, trust me guys it tastes an awful lot better than it looks <laughs> yeah <laughs> he was know, a good customer go but uh, I thought we must put it the curry I don't, the curry hasn't been up no, don't think so. The no, definitely not. The curry looks better than the meatballs already. Yeah. Well, the meatballs came about from the AIK game. Uh, when we played AIK in uh, Tala, uh, Siobhan... Siobhan Keane. Siobhan yeah, Keane yeah. said, uh, what are you doing, Swedish meatballs? And I goes, Go for that. that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea. I was going to do Hungarian gillers on Thursday, but I don't think that's fine. <laughs> but so, you talk about, uh, when, when you mentioned AIK and the, the trouble in, in uh, Skopje, 
One the AKA lads got badly beaten. Yeah, so they were playing. They were playing Skandia. They were playing on the tours. They were playing next day. But the lads thought he was a one of ours. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. stabbed him. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Now it only goes. Let's hope we don't probably draw them in the, no, I mean, in the group stages. <laughs> according to the according to the, the everybody's favourite new toy now. The, 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 um, <laughs> yeah, we but that, get them. Yeah. It, it, now we're talking serious stuff. We're talking serious money for mm-hmm. winning a match. Two hundred thousand. Two hundred thousand. Two hundred for the conference league to okay. win again, possibly, or even for a draw, it could be half a million maybe. Yeah, but it's big money. It. I had four hundred grand for a win. Isn't Either it? way, big, half big a million money. in the in the Europa. It could be right. But um, we've already asked them about the, the fine system. Um, Sacred. We were also told to ask you, Ray Senior, about eating in the buffet in Monaghan on the way to Finn Harps. Oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know the so, like so. I said, <laughs> said to the boys, yeah. Is it okay if I if I go on the bus? Because right? a few times I, I I fed them on the side of the street in Carrigan Shore and or Carrigan Shannon and during Colwood when, during the, hotel Colwood, when the hotel was closed and I fed them on anyway. So yeah, yeah, no problem, lads, no problem. So I'm sitting at the table and uh, all the pairs gone up and our, our next the manager says to me, "They're gone, go up there next or whatever." Right? So um, up I go and I kind of look behind me and I'm saying. The three musketeers standing behind me, like MacPhail, Brazzer, and, and Glenn Cronin, and uh, Johnny, then, and Mal, they're all standing behind me. And I, I go up, so I, go, I get the last piece of chicken. Oh no, <laughs> there was no chicken left for the players. <laughs> you were up there <laughs> scrambling. And they had, to, they had to put an extra seat in them on the tables and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> so, but that was that, that was that one. So now I learned my lesson players are forced, players are forced for everything. Yeah, part of one, you know. We'll move on to Hungry Prof. Um, well, after Hungry, basically. Yeah, after Hungry. So, what was the atmosphere like where people talked about Dundalk and but that was being the big one? Not really. They, they, it was quite enough dressing room because there was nothing really, nothing really to I was talking about. to two of them and the two of them were talking between each other and said, geez, they were very good, weren't they? Yeah. Right. And I said, yeah, they were very good. All right. so I said, but they went four goals better. And one they said, weren't, I don't think one, they were four goals better. And one, one said, I agree. They were when we played like that. So uh, true. That's what. That's what. True. Okay, they that's were, a, they that's were good, disappointed. Let's go away. Yeah, up yeah. actually. Yeah. They were disappointed. Mm. You know? But I think everybody was not just players, but the fans were all thinking. Right, Sunday is the big one. Yeah, the lock is yeah, massive yeah, yeah. now. I sat beside one of the players on the way to the, uh, to the airport on the bus, and he was disappointed, visibly disappointed. And and my point to him was, I says, I says, what's done is done. I says. Win on Sunday, I says, and I, I don't mean to be forgotten about, but says like I told him a story about Paul McGrath. Paul McGrath getting Paul McGrath's gone around uh, Bucharest asking people, uh, "Do you think we have a chance?" And everybody was shaking their heads and saying no. And he he was getting like it became a bit of a joke as well. But but he was getting kind of uh, for fuck's sake, we're we're here to win this kind of thing. You know what I mean? But the reality was, ninety percent of Rovers fans uh, would have probably taken the win on Sunday. Over uh, yeah, a win, yeah, a win I, over there, you yeah. know, what I mean? because we have that safety net. We have, and and you can't you can't really talk about that safety net because again, you want to put you want to pitch yourself against the best and all that kind of stuff. I'd but imagine you'd have is, your, it was there. Yeah, you'd have you'd probably be scalded if you spoke about of that safety net in in that type of that type of way oh, in the dressing room. Yeah, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't, wouldn't dare, couldn't that, you? That match, we were there before the, the game started, and that match with the the the, the uh, everything that went into the preparation of that match was the same as any. Match yeah. For that, they went out to win that match, or to, to to at least do whatever you need to do in Europe to bring the game home to win the toy. That, yeah. that that's there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Five and a half thousand. Um, did you expect this crowd? Now, like you said, you you made a very good point about. I think the word henpecked 
was used as well. <laughs> Some people who can't get out of going to the mother-in-laws on a but Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Not us, we didn't make that, we didn't use that word. Well, no, you, so sometimes, well, they said that was a Tifty's word. Listen, but. I tell you, if there's any engaged people out there listening to this, right? Lay the marker down now. Yeah. Don't, don't miss a game to go to the mother-in-law's lunch or something like that, or if a match changes or something, lay the marker down. Bring now. the mother-in-law with you. No, it's tough at first, it's tough when you're laying that mark down, and you but, get it, you, you have to be persistent. <laughs> you got to be persistent. My missus will listen to this, right? And... <laughs> She'll say, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's whatever we're invited to. She has to check to see if Rose are playing. Mm. And and I used to miss the odd game because of it before we started working in the in the dressing room because people get married on a Friday for some fucking reason in 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 in, in, in uh, during the football season, you know. And uh, what's it? So you miss the odd one. You'd be sitting there. I miss I miss my sister in law's wedding. I went to the mass, the important bit, <laughs> right? but. Uh, What's it? it was in Carrick Macross and I went to the mass and it was it was the day Jason Bourne missed the penalty and uh, still Cora Gammon's yeah. goal the deflection right? goal yeah, unmissable so, so I went down in my tin of fruit to Tala and uh, watched watch the match and then came back and I, I, I remember saying to her don't tell anyone that I was at the match the match was on the telly and everything in the hotel well you came back I came back yeah and I said don't tell because I didn't you know the way people get judgmental and stuff and people kept asking me to score and I says, uh, I had the program sticking in my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> but the plastic was everywhere, Prof, I'd say. Uh, it's not very balls, is it? Plastic uh, the everywhere, new, they wouldn't have been happy with that. Because of the new rules, yeah. But the way the, the club was promoting the game on social media, the way they were pushing the higher the tickets and all, was kind of worrying. We're like, is this only going to be 5,000? What I heard was they had 750 tickets sold by... We were we, we fed the cops there, so we were there kind of hanging around drinking tea for about an hour and a half for the game. And what I heard was that there was uh, we had something like two two and a half thousand tickets sold or something, right. and they had 750 tickets sold. So it all depended on how many season ticket holders yeah. turned up. So, yeah. so I was happy with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the fact that... I think somebody mentioned on Twitter that it's kind of embarrassing the way we were trying to push the game. How? How is it embarrassing that why a club is, have an active social... That, yeah. That's what people were saying, though. And it's... No. I love the fact that we have an active social media team who are constantly seeing gaps in the market and thinking, OK, well, it's a Sunday. It's 7 o'clock. It might not necessarily get the attendance that it would on a Friday on a big top-of-the-table clash. So let's push it. And let's put a promo video, video together. That promo video was brilliant. Top versus second. Yeah, it was class. 70 yeah. versus 14. Social media has, has done things like that now that, that people are afraid... Uh, to do proactive things because they might get slagged about or something. So yeah. for uh, I, I think we've discussed this before. The 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 green ribbon song. She wore a green ribbon. Yeah. You nearly can't sing that now until until it's almost uh, like a goal difference is the only thing that stops you. Yeah. But when I started going, that was nearly every team sang it on the first day of the season. <laughs> no matter whether whether they sang it ironically or not, you still sang it. And and the league was a bit more. Uh, what's the word? Was a bit more. Nearly anybody could. Uh, any one of five or six teams could, could put a run together and win the league back then whereas yeah. now it's kind of it's, it's two maybe you can even argue one the last six or seven there was no fan shouting jinx would have been interesting to see had the match been on telly would it have made I don't think that's that made much difference that year though has it this year, this year. I don't think so no. I don't personally what, what, I, what, I, what, what I don't understand is that they're trying to promote this, the league of Ireland and they show a top of the table clash when there's another ten games going on Mm. and League of Ireland men are League of Ireland men and women you know to be correct um, and they're going they're going to see their own match and and then they turn around the RT can turn around and say 
Uh, the viewing figures are a bit low. Well, M and S used to be on a Monday night and used to be full full range of fixtures. Yeah, so the yeah. whole basically the whole uh, target audience is that a match that pointless, day? absolutely pointless. We had uh, the tomb under thirteens there to support our homeboy Gaffney. Uh, I feel bad now because I actually slagged him in the program. Remember my remember <laughs> yeah, my Airtel, did, Airtel yeah, program. Yeah. Um, so yeah, three 0 girl. Yeah, three 0 Rings and boys dropped to the bench. Finner and Tell back in, and great to have Skip back. Nearly scored after. 40 seconds as well so Finn's throwing back the ears there was usual. the warning straight Tough. away yeah, yeah, this is yeah, how the yeah, game yeah, is going to go yeah. Finn already scored in 40 seconds I don't seconds. think he realised how much time he had did he oh. but 1-0 green and this was just counter-attacking at its finest um, Rory Nicholas Gaffney Rory Nicholas Gaffney. Gaffney that's my dad's middle name train. he's named after a horse so I wonder it could be similar <laughs> it could be similar born in 1961 was he <laughs> he was born in 60 Nicholas Silver is that what it was <laughs> yeah so um yeah, so the boys were dropped, and like we said, unbelievable passing game and and a, a superb break. Start from Cleary. Cleary's ball here, down the side. unbelievable for a left footed pass, and to Gaffney was the med- gone. Unbelievable. The shells, it's, it's, it's still into them. Don't panic. Pick a pass. Yeah, I mean? and we'll talk about was it Sambon who tried to chop down no, Gaffney? No, it <laughs> no, it was McCord. Was it McCord? Yeah, yeah with the parachute on his back. Yeah. Listen to the podcast. It went on about how unfit McCart was. That was his first match, though, was it? I think that was his debut for the Muzzy. Possibly. Rory gave him a six-yard head start, and still he couldn't hack him down. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. ridiculous. That was a red all day if he had connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one stage, Gaffney was doing keep yuppies on the edge of the box, and he ended up shooting straight at the keeper. And uh, some fell. They actually said to you that one made some goal. Yeah, Yeah, some fell in the West and goes, he thinks he's in the circus. You ran from Drada. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't the right <laughs> So, um, yeah, we got the goal. Green had a lot to do. Took a touch. I thought he might have taken too much of a touch, but he buried it with his left. Got on his left. And yeah. uh, there was, it was a superb start, early goal. And Keats, keyboard prof, early sub because of injury. And naturally, he was abused. Yeah, abused the whole game. Big balls, man. He's nearly scored, though. Yep. Isn't he a Robert's Some say it. So, so we're told. Yeah, the swords bus, the old swords bus. Was it his... What was the story? Northside. He was travelling yeah, on Northside. Yeah, but he had tattoo and, he's, and uh, he used to be made wear a plaster over it in the showers and balls. <laughs> Do you know what? Well, if that's true, I'd love to know I'd love to know that now. It's out there now. So it's it's out there, yeah. We'll have to get denied. But 2-0, tell 34 and once again, another pretty much identical break and, and finish from Tell. And yeah, uh, she took it well. Took it very well, yeah. yeah. There's a yeah. lot to do. There's, green to again. finish these things. A green again with... Who apparently is finished and is an awful football player. No, no pace. A cor- no Half pace. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ, you get the voice notes as well, do you? <laughs> um, so, tell, apparently they were abusing him over his dead dog, which we do not condone. Just cats. At all. Just cats. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Tordek and his cat. They Canadian don't, cats. Canadian cats. Yeah. But he went in and uh, he had a lot to... He was golden to fans, wasn't he? But why does our players get booked? I'll tell you why. Why? Because he crossed the boiling. Left off the, the pitch left the field look at Aaron Green play. Aaron Green kind of went over and he kind of stopped and turned around so he was kind of kind of did similar but he thought better of it ah. but, but uh, uh, Richie went over the line but look I, I said it on the night you take your medicine yeah. if, if that was me I'd probably be on my knees yeah, yeah. sliding so, uh, um, there's a little tip for him now Pico's the man for celebrations isn't he here don't go don't pass the line go the all you want line, yeah. again that Dundalk podcast I keep bringing it up but they went into the whole debate about whether or not that's you know okay to to go to those lengths to celebrate against your your old club and they're like they were going hands like they were going deep into like cup in the ears are you golden the crowd are you 
it depends on the relationship, doesn't it? Brown film will go down as a great Rovers, right? Yeah, right. European campaigns, uh, uh, um, record appearances, all that kind of stuff, right? Trophies, lifting FAI cups after what twenty-seven years, something like that, right? But he went to Dundalk for whatever reason, right? And we won't, no point going into that. Yeah. But when he came back to Tallaght, he got slaughtered, and then he scores against us in like mm. I think just after half time, wasn't it? Yeah. Hell no, it was just after half time. He was in the dressing room. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, um, People are online that night on, uh, and obviously he celebrated. I think he ran over the East End, and people are moaning about it. You know, if you're going to be big boys and give players abuse, you have to be able to take whatever's coming back at you. you know? even, even when it comes to Ron Fane, honestly, the, the whole Dundalk era of his career is totally washed from my my mind. I don't even think of him as ever playing for Dundalk. I just think of the good that he did with Rovers. It's totally gone. If you don't expect players to react after getting abused for a game, you're, you're watching the wrong sport. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, stupid yeah, yeah. to think otherwise. Totally, yeah. Um, the Dundalk spell at the end of the first half as well, prof. We uh, we we rolled it a bit. I mean, <laughs> what what were what were that was actually listen to their podcast. The men who say oh, football the was thirty three percent. Listen, we we totally agree with any other football podcast who who are trying to defend their team during what they perceive as a good performance. Like we're totally biased as well, mm. so we do it. It's an interesting listen. But, but um, the fact that they championed the possession stat, they said 66%. But then Bradzer came out afterwards and said that was actually our game plan. Yeah, to give them the ball. I'm not tactics. I don't, I'm not into tactics in the slightest. I've seen it. Like, you know, so then how can you use the possession stat to defend your team? It's yeah, because uh, uh, partisan opinions just trump everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, yeah. If them guys are sitting in a room doing a podcast, they're going to be trying to look at the positive as well. You know? Yeah. So first half, done a dusted prof. Um, was the half the atmosphere at halftime? Don't, you don't need to have time, Murray. No, we, we don't, we we don't, don't hear it. We no. wait. The minute they're walking out, we're, we're going in. There's two doors in the dressing room, so there's one out, and we're, we're, we, go, we go in and uh, try to get done as quick as possible. Yeah. Second half, Gary O'Neill on the minutes, three prof, but then it was Rory and Ireland teaming up again to get the all important tour, kill them off, and um, yeah, done and dusted it once again. <laughs> Another tap in. These are FIFA goals, prof. These are FIFA goals. The goals we don't score. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't yeah. walk it in like that. You hear Green Raptors. Gaffney has coined this the summer of Green and Gaffney. The summer of Green and Gaffney. <laughs> yeah. The dream team. Like it's been unbelievable. It really has. Um, with Adam Manis clawing the ball out of it again once yeah, from from a war free kick. He's rolling back Strong the years. Is, you know what? These saves. I'm starting to wish we had two camera angles at games. Because I feel like Al keeps making saves in the same corner, and mm. I want to see other angles because they're all brilliant. And you're giving people I ideas. Think, I think he was just—he was make some of the saves came when we were training up, and I was, and I was like, I'm just not letting a goal in today. That, that, it's that's determined, what, wasn't yeah, it? Absolutely, yes. that one at the end. I mean, yeah, it meant yeah, nothing yeah, yeah, other yeah. than the clean sheet. But even yeah. um, uh, a three 0 up with about a minute to go, two minutes to go, uh, Lee Grace chased a kind of a lost cause over at the in front of the Dundalk bench. Did you notice that? And and you're going. Like the last minute of the game, we're yeah. training up. If if your man gets in and scores a three one, but no, Lee Grace wasn't having any of it. No, no, no. Will you hear that a lot? Yeah. Clean sheets win leagues, and that that was uh, uh, Joey O'Brien who said that a lot, didn't he? And uh, you, you still hear that a lot now, Glenn Crown and yeah. uh, some of the guys who were some some fellas more vocal in the dressing room than others, you know. And you hear that a lot. Clean, clean sheets, sheets win leagues. Clean sheets, yeah. Dan Cleary went off eighty two minutes. Um, bit of cramp, but we're okay. He's gonna play through. He's he's okay apparently, and the the fans yeah. rang out hoops. At top of the league, no green ribbon. <laughs> Not in, yet. In the WhatsApp group, I was literally about to write uh, Cleary as our new new Rolls Royce, and then someone beat me to it. Yeah, he's a super player, and I never really saw him as that type of player. Yeah, you know, yeah. you kind of you only kind of get to know a player when he play for you, and you see their basic performance when 
they they play against you for ninety minutes. Like I didn't think he was that good. I really didn't. But he's good with his feet, and he also in in Scoopy, he was kind of he played that old school kind of centre half. He just the balls are coming in from the wings, and he was just bang, bang, yeah. bang all the time. He's, um, but he's good with twenty six as, well. as well. So yeah, you're yeah, looking yeah, at a yeah, replacement, yeah. long term replacement. Like I said, whoever so. whoever organised the swap for him and Barry Carter deserves a role. <laughs> <laughs> You could have, there's, there's a few man of match containers. You could have, easily, could have easily given it to Cleary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sean Hoare as well hasn't been mentioned yeah. much. Yeah. Sean Hoare is the best defender yeah. in the league this year, without a doubt. Bill Gleeson back to Tonkin, prof. He was coursing Jack at the end for shooting over the bar, but he'll get his boot. <laughs> I, I think we're going to see it, a fit and prolific Jack Bourne in the last five, six games. Hopefully. Sean Cavanagh is not going over the bar as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 25 feet. Because I said to him, we won by three goals on a point. The darker porn of the day, you could say, though, I mean. They were naive. You could un- yeah, yeah, I think they, they came thinking this high line has worked for us. We've played well. They trusted their system. And they just got unraveled by a tactical, tactical masterclass from Brazzer. He's really coming on, isn't he? And their game plan was crosses into the box, all of which we kept clearing. So cross, clear, cross, clear. Their, again their, and again and again. For their de- game plan to be successful, we had to play the replay nearly every other game this season mm. and we didn't we predicted how they were going to play and counted it which is something that we really do let's yeah. be honest yeah, my, my, my other favourite time, time balls in the semi yeah yeah, yeah. Is, this this yeah, this yeah I don't think we were as direct as that not a chance that we're game nowhere game near as yeah, direct yeah, yeah. as that yeah. I, direct is a nice word of saying isn't it but that's the word O'Donnell's using but uh, like there was nothing direct about Dan Cleary's pass to uh, Rory Gavney for the first goal absolutely nothing but if you're drafted for Sunday you're saying which drivers are going to show up? Uh, yeah, yeah. Depends on the pitch, depends on their no, mentality. They, 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 yeah. they now, instead of having to having to, to mm. go in and say, oh, they play like this, and if they play like this, we do this. They have two lots to look after. Yeah, you know? but Brad's going to sit down now and he's going to think, okay, this, didn't, this has been a bogey team this year. Look how we've played all year. We've been brilliant with the passing game. We've implemented and three at the back and the system that they perfected. They changed it up against Dundalk. They went slightly different. Now they have to sit down, they have to analyse, draw it and think, this is the cup. I love how Brazzer will what stick What do we to, do? Brazzer will stick to his principles from the first minute of injury time. Even against AC Milan, yep. he played yeah. out in the back. But once in a while there comes a game where it's like, let's just trick them yeah. and get the you win. Just lower them in. Lower them in. On these flights, when everybody else is watching Netflix and all, Brazzer and Glenn and I are watching the game back. We have our own... We have our own videographer who, who takes games from our mm. perspective you know what I mean it's the dedication and, uh, isn't and, uh, it I even think uh, we sat behind Aaron Green today I think Aaron Green was watching no, no, no. yeah no he's coaching now yeah it wouldn't surprise no, me so like it's and he's watching Arsenal as well and I've seen that as well no, they're, not, watching they're not really going to sit back and just um, watch fucking like you said Dexter yeah, no, yeah, on the yeah. flight over yeah, you, 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 you could forgive them for doing it for like True. We need to switch off, but they don't. But you, you know very well, if you watch something a couple of times, especially with football, it's such a tactical game, you're going to see something you don't see the first time. Yeah, so yeah, they're probably yeah. watching something back from a performance and they're like, look, fucking knew it. Something in the back of their head that was just sticking out. But move on to ooh, ah, Polly McGrath, Tifty's super fan and rainbow advocate. Um, <laughs> yesterday's win was as good as a result versus balls after the UV game. Tonked on Thursday, loads of injuries. Definitely not our best performance as I think we coughed up a fair amount of chances. But I do think it was the most enjoyable of the season with a 2-0 win in Daily Mount and I can't remember our performance this season where every player gave everything from minute 1 to 94. So many blocks and last ditch tackles show the huge amount of heart the team had. Remember the 10 seconds where they had 3 shots and we blocked all 3. So uh, brilliant stuff from Polly McGrath. And Mick McCarty said tell all the Dundalk fan cornflakes are on offer and all the spa shops. <laughs> 
So and we um, had Andy Burton's Ten Reasons on Doc will win the league. Oh man, he had a head case. He posted that on August twelfth, which was uh, about ten days ago. So he actually bragged didn't, about didn't Oriel. Well. They he bragged about Oriel and the man and the manager. Oriel being coach or whatever he is. a tough place to go to. I wouldn't be bragging about that at all. Their home farm is basically propping them up. Yep. It's, but I do think they're possibly the, the debate about Derry and Dundalk not being challengers. I think Dundalk are definitely they're going to get better as the maybe the next season or two. But Derry, Derry are definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with considering the money. But money can't buy everything as regards to tactical knowledge and I think the, the football management team that we have. But we will have challengers in the in the next few years. But the Dundalk podcast spoke enough about that, prof. Yeah. We'll move on and we have an exclusive interview with Stephen O'Donnell. Ray Senior is going to ask the questions. And Ray, do you want to ask Stevie for his version of events and the game that was won and lost? Well, Stephen, how do you feel after being uh, disgraced in the tactical masterclass by Bradshaw? So we, we can see... Oh, fucking Jesus. We, we can see the terrible goals. Uh, uh, I, think, I think there's a speck there as well, you know. Rovers wouldn't be as direct as any other team. But I've, ne- I've never seen them do what they've done. Oh, jeez. Fucking vaccines. The vaccines are fucking... Well, we've got so much success from the high line this season. And, and in the end goal, it's a force you're willing to position. And that's the level we get. But further up the pitch, our press wasn't aggressive enough, you know. Because those fucking vaccines were aggressive. <laughs> but it wasn't... It wasn't like we weren't aggressive enough. And that's, I think that's enough. You know, I think that's enough. Was it the vaccine that got Andy Boyle got sent off? As I said to the players, no, Ray, that's enough of that. As, as I said to the players inside, I think it would be different if they came out and they totally outfootballed you. But I think it's a good bit up there, but that was the case. I think I'm gonna give it the fucking. I think I'm gonna jack it in, boys. And do it! Thanks very much for your time, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a tree, anyway. I think I had to get the defibrillator out for you. <laughs> you take a little rest there, go. A greener's post match interview with myself. Uh, I, I love talking to Greener every time he's chosen I'm like this is going to be he great. sees you and he just lights up he's like oh here's the prop you know funny enough last time I talked to him was um, Ludogretz's second leg and he was in a fell mood and initially he was like oh, fuck off media but then he came in <laughs> he came in and then he was on fire And but that's what he's like he, We've had a he's few a great talker uh, we might sit with him after breakfast or lunch or something like that and his insight into what's going on up in Rodstown is brilliant. Yeah, he's, it's, it's like, he's in there. Who's he coaching? The 15s, yeah, maybe 14s. He was coaching the same as Jade's the 14s, I'd imagine. No, so Garth, maybe. Garth's, he? Maybe he's with Garth. He's, either know. way, it's, they're all starlets. But um, yeah, our yes. mic is actually Bodox. I don't know if you noticed that. And uh, there's something wrong with it, but we shall fix it again next week. It'll be crystal clear again. But do you know it's a bit greener? It's like the criticism comes. And then he delivers a performance like this and quietens down for like three or four weeks. Then the criticism comes back again. Then he does something again, like the goal of the Tolka Park or whatever. Why do people, why are they still on his back? Do they not have any long term memory? It's an enigma for me because I, like you obviously see two rays, obviously a lot more than we do, but from just from a team perspective and like, I can't imagine, I can hear the screams from Kevin Street now. Um, I, I think. He's he's just he's a fantastic team player and he does a lot for the team and his runs into the into the court. He does a lot of running and he's hard working. He does a lot and he scored a lot of important goals and I think that's that's mm. that's a big thing in this team. Who replaces him? 
who 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 replaces yeah, Green? Yeah. See, everyone keeps saying we should sign Holborn and all, but can you deal the Greener and Gaffney role though? Name a similar yeah, player to Greener as well though. But is he enough for us? He is enough for us. hundred percent enough for us. An absolute poison, a poison in the dressing room is what I believe. Like, we have some ex dog players. It's not as if we're, not as if we're afraid to go and get ex dog players. True, but, but I, don't, I don't know who. But he could be the nice fellow in the world. But he doesn't strike me as somebody who, who would uh, be some one for us. Mm. And our new favourite dog podcast, Gary, the men who say football. Uh, <laughs> one of the hosts does not rate either Green or Gaffney. It doesn't rate them. Now this is a perfect example of us being naive in the first years of our podcast, not knowing a player and saying he was rubbish. We actually got we actually have someone listening from the get go again, and he said he's having the best laugh listening to us hammer players that play for us now. Right. So us slagging Hor, us slagging Green or Bray. <laughs> what did we say when he was playing for Bray? He'll never play for Rovers. Yeah, but that, was, that yeah. was took Hor a long time to be accepted with Rovers. Yeah, yeah, he's one of our best players. Um, interesting story. I don't know if it's personal or not, but um, you you said it in the WhatsApp group. Um, Brazard takes this group thing. Seriously, it's not just a, it's not just a tagline. An example yeah. you gave was coming home from Macedonia. Greener was held back for a drug test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hello. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it was. It was it, sometimes when a player gets uh, gets uh, pulled for a drug test, we might have two vehicles. There might be an overflow vehicle. You know what I mean? Like there might be fifty six people and there's only fifty two seats, so there might be a, a minibus or something like that. Or in COVID times, there was two buses. And uh, uh, sometimes, in order to get the 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 main group to the airport as quick as possible just to get them out yeah. that might be suggested but uh, the other week it was suggested that that the main body of of uh, players and staff would go ahead while Greener hung around and the, bar- the manager wasn't having a bar that but that's great forward thinking because think of the, what just happened so he's probably thinking does it matter if we're here for another hour yeah, but ha- I think we're celebrating had we not beaten or had it been a run of the mill yeah. game or something I don't think but it was but two, of them was, got, two of them got picked for uh, one of them goes out quicker yeah in fair and far Two, yeah, yeah, two, yeah, yeah. two of them got, mm. got picked. Yeah, it's totally random, isn't but it? But it was because of the celebrate, the celebratory mode around the, the dressing room at the time that I think he wasn't, he wasn't like Aaron missed all of that. See all the dancing in the team. Yeah, he was yeah. in, he was in a room waiting to go to Jacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I think the gaffer just, I don't know. You'd have to ask the gaffer. So the gaffer's, ab- the gaffer's ability to be able to read the room. What it looked like to me was that he wasn't, he wasn't allowing Aaron miss all of that. Even, yeah. even though he did miss kind of ninety percent of it. You know what I mean? Then to go back on the but like, like Aaron is one of the life and soul of the of the of the travelling party. He's yeah. he's 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 he gives good to get. Let's put it that way. Mm. Right. So uh, so he didn't want to be sat on a, on a minibus with a load of uh, what, directors and that kind of stuff. You know? Yeah, so, I know what you mean. So. Yeah, I know what but you, you were talking about the you said what's this two twelve, isn't it? The the podcast and you're talking about the early days and all that. But mm. I don't know how we are going to be able to top Bradzer's interview. We were only talking yeah, about this. Was, was I suggested something to Prof about having an all-star. Unless you have to, unless you do it again. <laughs> an all-star at yeah. hotline, yeah. which we will do eventually, but it's probably going to have to be Brazzercast part two. Yeah. But with a, we, with we, a little we twist. We have an idea for a twist. We'll get Macarena. We'll get, we'll we'll get, we'll get someone. Let's get Ruddy. How about we get Rochi in here? Absolutely. Lock Absolutely. the door with an oil stand in the okay, corner. No, I'll tell you what, we'll get Roddy in as well. If I were you and Roddy was in here, I'd be outside the door. <laughs> and we're patched in. up, we're patched up. We, we, uh, we, we chatted in Malta. Well, he, he fucking... We told him that we're going on. He says, I hope he's as soft at use as he was with Roddy. Why <laughs> <laughs> I would say about Roddy is Roddy would never fail a lie detector test because even though what he's saying is a lie he's convinced he himself it. Yeah. he believes it yeah. that's it in his own mind he's probably yeah. made up the situation and all like, like, 
He, he said he smacked Jason Maloney. Like, like if he smacked Jason Maloney, like, Jason would be dining out on that story for years. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. Like, you know, dining out on it. right. So we move on before uh, before I get blacklisted again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so very enjoyed win overall, and um, it's not party time yet. There's no green ribbons, although we'll hold back for tying ribbons and singing about them. So really enjoyable, not only for how big a win it was, but the fact that there was no European hangover whatsoever. There was no sign of one. We were worried going in. From what we we've were seen. very worried in the lead up to this, not doubting our own ability mm. within the team. But we, we were doubting Derry. the travelling. Yeah. We were doubting. Just the legginess. It seemed stale at times as well, which is probably harsh. But just taking a draw? Never take a draw. <laughs> never. I hate it. Only 90 minutes cross. of football. It's easy for you to yeah. tell you say now. Never. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, tell you what, Derry is probably when the only time I would have done. 24 league games unbeaten at home in the league. We've equaled the four in a row side of the 1980s. They did 24 oh, as well. Altada is a fortress. So then there was Bowes, Gar. Yeah, so Bowes, they held uh, to a draw. 10-man Damien Duff, Shelbourne and Keith. Keith Long is an inept, bloated lunatic without a plan. So that's one of their own fans. Mm-hmm. And it's all fallen to shy at Bowes. So I think they're probably going to give Long the chance with full-time daytime training. Do you know what I mean? I think that's what they're probably holding out for. And they'll they'll give them six months at the start of next season and say, well, we gave you a chance and then they might move on with the new structure that they're going for with pretty much copying the Roadstone model as well. Uh, one of the group points out that it's mad that no Roberts players have won the Player of the Month award this season yet. Similar last year as well. Last it? year. It took ages for Danny to finally win it, didn't he? Yep. And, uh, and Brazzer talks about extending Alamance to stay at Shamrock Rovers. This is huge. He says the goalkeeper has answered critics with his performance this season, and he says that uh, he's had really good discussions with him as well. This is massive. And something happens. that I got me hand slapped for for bringing up at the Player of the Year was probably rightly so when I think back on it as well because I kind of you have to understand a manager's perspective towards his, his players. He's going to try and protect them all and praise them and every time. So I was pretty much shitting on Leon by asking him who's the next goalie coming in. So he's he was probably right in that sense so I'll put my hand up which I always do prof if Leon, I'm wrong Leon deserves credit as well because he approaches every game as if he's going Charlie. to play in it do you know what I mean does he yeah, absolutely 100% he trains as hard as anybody else he warms up as hard as anybody else he eats as well as anybody else and look total seen, team player I've seen him play uh, a few times we've seen him in Cliftonville and he was brilliant, brilliant. so so um, I don't know if he's the answer or something like that but, yep. uh, but uh, if rumours are believed Alan might be hanging around for another year so, so rescheduled to... fixtures before prof. that year there was an interview with Brad there. We, were, we were speaking off air about there at, um, a while ago and he went into a lot of detail about Josh and the family and like we were saying you're saying if you can take if you can take uh, if you can distract Josh I suppose for even two minutes two hours it's fantastic isn't that beautiful if you can take it yeah. away and he spoke about how he would have walked away if his wife or family had asked him to but they urged him to, to continue and it's one of those it's like I'm not crying you're crying yeah, it was yeah, one of those oh, articles unbelievable like, I mean, the, the, the infamous banner that went up a couple of years ago the the, the the banner, what did the banner say? Enough is enough. It's enough is enough banner. Uh, uh, young Jaden, who's his eldest son, was in the dressing room that day and uh, he was upset, right? Not just maybe, I don't know if he read the banner or just the general atmosphere around the ground, but the gaffer pulled him aside and, and explained to him that this is the job he does and this is what this is what what comes and goes really, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but it was great. It was brilliant to see Josh the other day, just, just in among the lads, you know? Yeah, Brazzer went straight to him and hugged him after the match. Uh, he says he's responding re- really well yeah. to treatment, so it's fantastic. So all the best, and once again, like anything we do, 
where everybody's trying their best to try and raise a few quid and do what they can to raise awareness. So, um, keep tuned for more for more fundraisers. But we've six fixtures we schedule, Prof. I wasn't too upset with this. Now, four of them moved to a Sunday, which I don't know. I don't, I don't mind the Sunday kickoffs every um, Friday night lights and all that. But for Sunday kickoffs aren't that bad. Harps at home in September, shells dirty at home and drugs away in October. And there's the shells away. UCD double home header. On Thursday and Monday as well, and um, they're all seven pm's. Yes, yeah, all seven pm. So yeah. all changed up. And another news: Linfield prof. Um, two late goals, yeah. Two late goals. What's oh, they got? That's like they got double tonking as well. Just before that, they got the eight nil ransacking, and we could possibly get them as well, can we? If they go through, is it? This is their playoff now. I I've seen projections that we're in the same pot. I'm not sure. We could I, be, yeah. I'm not too obsessed with the pots to be honest. I'm just waiting for the draw Friday into the Yeah, I get it done and let's see what we get. And RT showed Rangers versus PSV on TV as well. A lot of people talking about this saying it was their they were obligation to show some sort of Champions League round, so they decided to show that. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a home based team. They can show any yeah. game. Fuck Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our, our pal Scoopy lost two one at home to Balkany of Kosovo as well. So we could yeah. <laughs> I don't think I want Scoopy as a potential draw, let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, and their striker Adetunji has done an Oidemo. Yeah. He scored in all three competitions. Oh yeah? Yeah. I'll we'll have player. to make a list of players who have done that and confirm that Oidemo is the youngest. Scorpio is a good city to visit, apart from them and Knackers. <laughs> yeah, from, I don't think I'll be coming back anytime soon after <laughs> or at all after my interactions. So we could be on pot three of the conference groups as results went our way according to Dan Fulham. And of course our coefficient had Roy McDoyer and um, Roy McDoyer is doing Trojan work ridiculous I, work. Know, I take the piss out of messing but my god know, he's doing good stuff well, keep I'm it listen, up I listened to the Leo Barnum podcast today and they said that we are exactly the same position as we were last year what couldn't possibly be six six nine wins six draws four losses something like that either way in, in it's, Europe alright so the coefficient won't actually change from last year. We moved up two places last year and we're in that same position this year. We just have to move up. I, I can't fuck. I just can't make head and tails of it. I really don't. I think you have to be sat down if you're not too familiar with it. Yeah. But Academy results, Prof. We're going to load them up and see how Garth's boys did and the rest of the gang in the Roadstone. So we had a nil-all draw on the 19s at home to Waterford and we've a, we had a tonking in the, in the ladies. The ladies won 7-0 at home to Shells. This talks about the progression of the ladies' game in Rovers, we were the getting, we were the ones getting tonked, and now we're tonking the likes of shells who are who are joints in the ladies' tonk out there in the ladies' game on the seventeens and lost two one away to Shelbourne, unfortunately, and the ladies won two one at home to Carlo Kilkenny and a three all cracker of a draw at home for the fifteens and um, yeah, so and the Champions League draw is on Monday, I think under nineteens Champions League draw. Is oh yeah, I forgot about yeah. this. Do you remember that happened with Pats? Um, a pal of mine was involved with Pats. They went to Bar- uh, Red Star or whatever they call themselves now. So there's a bit mm-hmm. of a trip for the nineteens there. Um, young Sean Carey has gone to Glenavon on loan. Have we any connections there? We don't have any Rovers connections in Glenavon, do we? Just a good opportunity from to go and play football. Very highly thought of young man and Glenmalo Rovers prof. We have now got a Glemalore section on this. I thought we need to give them a little bit more exposure considering it's a big season coming up. So they have Strand United, Walkerstown Park, Saturday, 27th of August, 2 o'clock. This is the start of the season as far as I know. And we have a few little words from Woolly. 
our, uh, our resident diplomat, our Rovers diplomat. So a new season of amateur football is upon us and that means Glenmore Rovers are back in action. Despite a reasonable mid-table finish last season, the boys, surprisingly, found themselves promoted. I think they finished sixth and they got promoted. So it's a decision you can make as a, as a club and a committee. You can actually go up a level if you, if you don't actually get promoted so uh, the season kicks off in Walkstow Park this Saturday against Strand United and is quickly followed by a midweek game against Tellacht the following Wednesday at the same venue so holiday and wedding season is upon us and it leaves Glenmore down a few bodies for their upcoming double header so they're struggling so top scorer in pre-season Ryan Hoyland is away sunning himself and midfielder string puller Daniel Sage is preparing for his upcoming wedding so there are several fresh new faces in the door we've Ross Kinahan Shane Hanrahan Aaron O'Brien all impressing in pre-season and the season's going to be a tough one for Glenmore they've gone up a level so if anyone is free this Saturday or next Wednesday swing into Walkerstown Park give the boys a bit of support all Rovers and go good, good hoops so any listeners interested in playing a bit of ball Glenmore are still welcoming players in so please do get involved and get in touch if you want to have a game of ball or support our lads in the in uh, walking town Prof the quiz you ready? so the quiz girl, uh first of all before we begin uh, shout out to Spragsy last week he got 10 out of 10 and he did it in 24 <laughs> seconds <laughs> oh he's a fucking idiot magic hey, Mark, uh, good old Spragsy, Spragsy yeah. oh, SS Carpentry good old Spragsy amazing work so uh, just to explain here um just like last week, Garrett is only going to get a two-minute limit. But the first two questions are quite long to read. So I'm going to help him out here. I'm not going to start the clock until he finishes reading question two. So, Garrett, go. Which of these Czech clubs have Rovers not met in European competitions? Sparta Prague, Banik Ostrava, Mlada Boleslav, Slovan Liberec. Has to be Sparta Prague. Correct. Yes. If the Hoops had made it past Slovan Liberec in the 2003 Intertotal Cup, Liam Buckley side would have faced which Spanish club in the tour round? Zaragoza, Santander, Sociedad or Real Betis? For some reason Sociedad is sticking out to me here. Sociedad? Nope. No. It's it's Bucco's old club, Santander. Ah, Santander, okay. The clue is Bucco. Okay, I see. Typical fucking prop question. (laughs) Right. Who topped Rovers Europa League group in 2011? This is a trick. This is a trick. It's not sports. Poke, Ruben, Kazan, or Spores? I'm going to go Kazan. It's Poke. Oh, I told you it was a trick. Right, Four. Steve McPhail debuted and scored for his for Rovers at the start of the 2014 season in which competition? Premier Division. Leicester Senior Club EA Sports. It, had, it was a free kick. Left side. Went into the top corner. Didn't... Um, Premier Division. It was in the Sports... Oh, it was the EA Sports Club. No, Santander. Five true or false, Richie Tell's goal on Sunday was his first goal he scored in Tallinn this season. Certainly not Slovan Liberich. He scored against. Oh, this season! Oh, wait! Yes, true. No. What? <laughs> Which <laughs> one? Scored at home to Shelburne. Oh, for fuck's sake. Six. Which <laughs> Rovers player might we on? Which Rovers player left. made his first and only senior appearance in the 2018 FAI Cup senior? Defeat in Drogheda. Eric Bulu, Sinclair Armstrong, Evan Smith, Sean Callan. Is this another trick? This is another trick, isn't it? You're trying to get me mixed up now. Was 2018 the one where we lost? Mm-hmm. Sinclair Armstrong has to be. Correct. Right, okay. See, that's where you're trying to trick me. <laughs> How old is Gideon Tete? Ah, oh, stop. 16, 17, 18. I'll go 16. He's 17. Oh, Sean Horror is ever present this season, but which other player has not missed a competitive game since April? You hit me with this last week. Something similar. Rory Gaffney, Dylan Watts, Aaron Green, Lee Grace. This includes subs. Mm-hmm. 24. Uh, Lee Grace. It's uh, Gaffney. Oh, nine. Who were the last opposition team to keep a clean sheet in Tala? Sligo, Dundalk, Florida, Talon, Bowes. Sligo, Dundalk. 12 seconds. Uh, Sligo. 
Laura Tan. Uh, 10. Ronan Finn made your debut for which club? UCD, Sport and Fingal. Uh, UCD. Sport and Fingal. It must have been raised my answer. I got probably the same answer as you did. Sport and Fingal. I think that's your worst ever performance. I think that's two. just two, yeah. Two? Oh, I doubled it. Yeah, yeah, I picked the same ones as you did, funny enough. I got five. Yeah, I was yeah. disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's a poor show. I got four as the right four. So that was the quiz. Right, and uh, so up next we've got Cookie. We've Cookie, yep. So here he is, and it's Mick Cook. So we're joined now by Mick Cook, a former Rovers player and assistant manager. Uh, so welcome to the show, Mick. Thank you very much, Carl. Look forward to talking to you. So I'll go right back, right back to the beginning. You started as a player. You started out as an inside left with the uh, same Pats before moving on to Drogheda. This would have been 1970. What do you remember from those? Early League of Ireland days? Well, I was playing for a club called Bolton Athletic down in Rings End, and it was actually Damien Richardson's father, George Richardson, uh, who was assistant manager to John Coleraine, brought me to St. Pat's in the 68 69 season. And funny enough, that I think that I spent most of my career with Drada and Shamrock Rovers. They were my first two games in League of Ireland. My first game in League of Ireland was against Drogheda of a Holy Thursday night. We won that game 2-1. And then on Sunday, as a young boy, I had the pleasure of playing Shamrock Rovers in Milltown. And uh, to think probably that them two clubs took up probably 14 years of my career, which was very good. You probably saw big crowds as a kid, like tenses in the 60s, especially for cup finals, could have been 20, 30,000, but... By the time the 70s came, had the, had the attendances really dwindled then? Well, Teddy, I came in 68, 69, and obviously there was not very little football. Maybe it was a UTV, maybe showed a game of a Sunday or something. Uh, and certainly there was big crowds then. And I, I remember certainly on the Thursday night playing for Pats against Jordan, like Richmond was full. And certainly on the Sunday playing in Milltown against Shamrock Rovers. Uh, as you said, there was probably 12,000, 15,000 at that game that day. And say probably up to 72, 73, the crowds are big. And then obviously uh, football came, match of the day came on the scene and other things. And the crowds did start to dwindle then. You had a couple of heartbreaking uh, cup final defeats for Drada, 71, uh, the cup final and the President's Cup to Rovers. Was that a big deal to Drada because they never actually won a trophy until they finally did it in 83, the League Cup? Yeah, like obviously I was only 18 at the time. And I think in my first two years with Drada, uh, we lost the FAA Cup, the President's Cup and the League Cup. Uh, probably the League Cup defeat to the Dundalk was disappointing because it was a local derby. Um, it was disappointing, obviously, being so young and playing in them cup finals. But like... I enjoyed every moment of it and like certainly the disappointment of getting beaten in finals was hard to take but I enjoyed every moment of it and, and lucky enough then when I went to Rovers I think I was part of the squad I, I, finally, I was left out for the cup final and I think it was 76 we bet Sligo Rovers in the League Cup final and Sean Thomas dropped me for the final that was disappointing obviously but I was thrilled that we won the final you know so um, I probably have enough silver medals Open the silver mines. I've got many rooms up medal in my career as a manager and a player. Yeah, you, re- you reunited with McMeegan when you came back to Rovers in 1974. Uh, how did that move come about? And were you delighted to make the move? Yeah, it certainly was. 
Mick in 68 or 68, he was manager of the Irish youth team and he capped me for Ireland. And um, then when I signed for Pats, I, Mick, I was approached then when I signed for Drada by Mick Megan. And I had four great years down on Drada with Mick, who to me was probably one of the most honest, dedicated, committed people you could ever meet in the game of football. The man just loved the game. And I was lucky enough then when he went to Rovers that he brought me along to Rovers with him as well. So like Mick probably all told, probably gave me seven or eight years of my career. And I, I, I always did and always will thank him for that. It's amazing. Probably better players around, but if a manager likes you, you you're lucky. Rovers had the famous six in a row team uh, of FAI Cups in 1960, but by the 70s, it was kind of bleak from a Rovers point of view. Um, were they still seen as a glamour club or but one in major decline? Yes, they were. I, I, I think people always wanted to play for Shamrock Rovers. Like they're, they're the best-known team in the country. And certainly, uh, I was thrilled to sign for them, albeit uh, there was probably an internal war going on at the time. And obviously then losing Milktown was terrible for the club. Um, but then, lucky enough, I was there for what, three, four years. And they weren't the best of times for Sean McGrovers till uh, obviously then Johnny Giles came in, I think about 78. Johnny came in 78, 79. 77, yeah. Final and, you know, uh, things took off then a bit. But it was a shame that they had to actually lose Milkham. Was it a very young team, especially uh, 75, 76? That's when Rovers finished bottom of the table. Uh, there were promising players like Valen O'Neill who went on to big things, but Otherwise, was it a very young and inexperienced team? It was, totally. Like Mick was given no money. I think when he took the job, he was promised A, B and C and it never materialised. And obviously, as you said, with the likes of Alan O'Neill, young lad, Leo Cairns, Noel Sinnott, uh, Robbie, Robbie Cook, Alan Lyons. You know, I don't think anybody, probably the average age of the team was probably about 20 years of age. And that, that was enough pressure on itself Part you know, being one or two 20 year olds playing in the team, but when you had six or seven and playing in a, a ground like Milltown, the pressure was enormous. And in fairness to Mickey, stuck by it. And unfortunately, uh, just things didn't work out uh, because of the what would you say the external problems were in the club off the park. But no, it was a joy to play for Sean McRovers. You said Sean Thomas left you out of the League Cup final win. How did you what was your relationship like with him? My relationship with Sean was, was very, very good. I played in all the games leading up to the final and uh, he just made a decision on the night to leave me out and it was disappointing. Uh, but as I said, I was a team man and I was glad that we won the cup. Yeah, you're disappointed to be not involved, but that, that cup win, did that kind of come out of the blue and was it like a big deal for Rowers fans to win that cup? I think it was because he had gone... Yeah, the club had gone a few years without any success and obviously to get to the League Cup final, uh, you support on the night, um, playing Sligo Rovers in the final. I think maybe it was the only goal Mick Leach ever scored outside the box. <laughs> uh, he got a cracking goal. and um, from almost 30 yards, apparently. Sorry? From almost 30 yards. Uh, yeah, from you know, and uh, like Mick was a fantastic player. And the club was start, starting to get back on its feet and uh, Sean had signed a couple of experienced lads 
And, you know, it, but it, was, it was just great to be part of it. Unfortunately, I, I didn't get to come on or to feature in the final, but being part of the group that got there, we were a good group of lads, and uh, it was great to win the cup for overs. You, you mentioned Robbie Cook there. Is he a relation to yours? No, no, no whatsoever. People thought we were brothers, but no relation at all. So you finished your playing career in Tipperary and Galway, of all places, uh, third as town and Galway Rovers, as they were called then, two club names you rarely hear of anymore. And you were there for both clubs there. I went uh, to, I, I, I went to debut. a short space of time. And uh, then I ended up when um, John, or sorry, I went to um, Galway United. Uh, John Herrick brought me down there and had three great years down in Galway. Uh, John was probably one of, one of like Mick Megan I regard great esteem, but certainly John Herrick would run him close. He was a passionate man, a fantastic footballer. You know, when you think he played for Ireland as well in a great Cork hips team, he was left full. And I, I loved my time with John. He was honest, committed, and all he ever wanted of everybody was after the game, throw your jersey on the ground. Say, Here, I gave 100% on the day. And if it worked out great, and if it didn't, well, the better team batters on the day. And that was John's attitude to football. I think it was his attitude to life. He was just a, such a committed person. What's it like in the town when the club is entering the league? What's that buzz like, especially for the first home game? Um, Expectation is obviously happiness, say, in Galway or Torres when Torres got into the league. I think Pat Dunn was the manager at the time, and I signed for Pat down there. Um, just, just excitement, general excitement, and obviously different times than it is now. And the expectation people thought Torres or Galway would they get crowds uh, at their games. Certainly, Torres did in the beginning. I was only there for a short space of time, I wasn't even there a full season. But certainly in Galway, the crowds took to... I think in general, Galway is a sports-mad county anyway. And they support, as you say, they support Connacht in the rugby, uh, the Gaelic and the hurling, and certainly the soccer, and, and the people took to it. And Galway used to get big crowds when, when I was playing down there as a player. Was the goalkeeper, Tom Laddie, still there at Terryland Park when you were playing? Tom was there. He was indeed. Um, Tom had come, come back from... He went from Sligo to Celtic. And uh, Tom was in goal. He was a, obviously a local legend, having played for Celtic as well. Uh, great, great, great goalkeeper. And it was a pleasure to play with him, a lovely lad. And like, he had some great lads, some great local lads playing on the team, which is great, obviously, for the town itself, for the city, I should say, to have local lads playing on, on the team. It was brilliant for, 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 for Galway itself. I mentioned Tom because it's one of my favourite stats. In Galway's first League of Ireland season, he took the penalties, so he was their top goal scorer in 77-78. Um, I don't think I was there then. I think it was but, before uh, no, you came in, yeah, just the year before. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, Tom is a great lad. And uh, as I said, we many a great day together, great character, and uh, still is. I think he's still involved with Galway on the peripheral. I think he's doing coaching with the goalkeepers, which is great. You know, uh, as I said, he is a legend and... Um, there was other lads there, Kieran McDade, local lad, Tommy Murphy, Georgie Quinlan, he was a Limerick lad, came up to play with Galway for many a season. So there was very, very good players there and 
we had a couple of good seasons. Well, to me, good seasons is that you're not fighting relegation or we were just outside the top four a couple of years. And uh, but I really enjoyed my time there. So from the time you hung up your boots to 1992, when you got involved with the, the women's senior team, were you doing any coaching or were you learning your trade in, in, in that time? Well, in when I, when I actually finished playing, there was no first division in them days. And lucky enough, uh, an uncle of Johnny Giles, Dickie Giles, who was running, who was on the committee in Ballyfermie United, came to my came up to my house with a couple of committee men and asked me would I be interested in signing for Ballyfermie United and taking over as manager. So I had four great seasons there, sort of, as you say, learning my trade as a manager and great success. We won the league, we won the Intermediate Cup, which was a great achievement uh, for a club like Ballyfermie United. And all the players actually came from Ballyfermie, which was special to them, obviously. And the rivalry between them and Cherry Orchard was great. A healthy rivalry. Cherry Orchard were fantastic at the time in the junior. I think they won the junior cup five or six years in a row. So there was great competitors in Ballyferm and I enjoyed my time there. Yeah. So that was part of my learning my trade to become a manager. As I said, there was no first division in them days. So it was a great learning curve for me before I started doing my coaching badges. And um, then obviously ended up at Shamrock Rovers then as assistant to, to um, Damien Richardson. And in the interim, I managed the women's team for, I think it was 93 to 99, six years. Six years. What was the women's, what was the stature of the women's game when you took over? Well, Carl, to be honest with you, probably had no stature because it was certainly new to me. Um, I got a phone call out of the blue uh, the manager had obviously resigned the previous manager. I forget who it was, to be honest with you. Um, and I was asked to take the team for two remaining games in the European Championships. And the two games were against Sweden, who were the European holders at the time. And I thought, oh, what a task. My first training session was in Fairview Park, uh, which was unreal to be taking an international team would be training sort of in the public park. But we just got on with it. And the first game was in Tulka Rovers ground in Fingness. And Sweden bet us 1-0. A fellow called Steve Lodge. Steve Lodge was the referee, an Englishman. And Sweden got the winner about three or four minutes into injury time. And I cursed them for not blowing up, having played so well against Sweden, albeit... Our backs were to the wall for the 90 minutes, thinking then, well, this is if they're the European Championships and we can they're the European champions and we can hold them to one nil. What a great achievement. But shock came to horror when we played them three weeks later in Sweden and got beaten 10 nil. And that sort of opened my eyes to <laughs> how good. Uh, you know, certainly on the continent, women's football was probably progressing way ahead of, say, ourselves and England and Scotland or Wales or the north of Ireland. And, uh, but we made good progress in the six years. Um, I was in charge of three tournaments, two European Championships and a World Cup. And in the European Championships, we got to the last game. Only one team in them days qualified. 
Um, my first year in, in charge of a full campaign, it went down to the last game in Belgium. Belgium beat us 5-2 in Belgium, and they qualified. The World Cup campaign didn't go that well. We finished third of a group of four. And then the following European Championships, we went down to the last game against Poland, and Poland beat us in the last game to qualify. So I think, and I hope I did, I progressed the women's game a lot. We got our own sort of uh, private training ground in the Institute for Higher Education there in Griffith Avenue. And my wife was involved at Mocker and Affirma, and she was at a meeting there one weekend and couldn't believe the facilities and told me about it. And I went over to Metham, and they were glad to have us there. And it was the first time, I think, in women's football that we had our own training ground with the whole floor of the uh, uh, building to ourselves where we stayed for training weekends and match days, the whole lot. And I just like to think that I, I did start sort of a small progression with the women's team, where probably responsible to getting their own training gear, allowed to keep their match jerseys after the matches, you know, small things like that. But I'm absolutely thrilled the way it has progressed and congratulations to Vera Pau on doing so well. And hopefully they get a good result now against Finland and get us into the playoffs for the World Cup in New Zealand and Australia. But certainly it has come on great. And I must say, the girls I had never questioned anything. They the worked so hard, it was unbelievable. Uh, not like where the men, the men would ask questions first, where the girls would do the work and then ask questions. And I still think it's the same today. I, I, I go to a lot of the girls' games still, and I enjoy the way they're playing. And Vera's done a great job with them. So you ended up leaving the role to focus on uh, the assistant manager's job at Rovers. Um, when did you first come into Rovers? Was it was it Damien Richardson who appointed you? Yeah, Damien Richardson uh, gave me a shout. Would I join him? Gwyneth is number two, and I thought, what a great honour. Having played there in the lean years, as I said, Rovers were still uh, the magic club of the year, and still are, and um, I was honoured to go in there as assistant manager. And um, I think it was there for three years. Unfortunately, like that again, we lost semi-finals of Cups and finished in the top four in the league. It just never happened for us. And I felt for the group of players that we had at the time, they, de they deserved some success. But in the final four, I just seemed to break down for us all the time. And we just never got over the final hurdle uh, to get to a final or to achieve league success. But there were good days. And they were great lads. Uh, Damien was a very, very good manager. Alan Kinsler was there as the fitness coach. Uh, Alan Bourne, the duck, uh, was a great lad as well. I'm still, I'm really, really good friends with the duck still. Um, we had a great time. Unfortunately, uh, no silverware came our way. And as I said, it, was, it wasn't for the lack of anything. It was just probably decisions or certain games that we never performed to the best of our ability and we just never we, we just never got that got over the final hurdle to get success what was the dynamic like with you and Rico on the dressing room was it good cop bad cop or how, how did you play with the players um well yeah, obviously Damien was the manager and obviously he was you know uh he would come up with some of his famous big words in the dressing room and all that and I think I played the bad cop 
most of the time having a go at the players and but in obviously a, a constructive manner. Um, like that, I, I respected the players there. They were great lads, and um, as I said, it was just a pity that we never got over the final hurdle to get silverware. And um, but no, I enjoyed my time. Jamie was uh, an astute manager. Probably at times we could have made different changes in different games. It didn't work out for us. But no, I, I, I certainly enjoyed myself, and certainly he was a big help to me in my career going forward. And then I think I left I left Rovers then to go to Monaghan. And that was the start of a, a long run in the League of Ireland for myself as a manager. But no, uh, I learned a lot from Damien. And as I said, he was a good manager. It's just, we just, as I said, we just couldn't get over the final hurdle to get silver. Did you read his famous programme notes each week? Well, I told the players not to read them because he would be <laughs> totally confused. You know, uh, we, we used to get a great laugh out of them, you know, and there was one famous trip. Uh, we played away to Derry in the following weekend. He was talking about the cascading sunshine coming over the mountains on our way to Derry. And, you know, it's, it, I, I'd say his, his, his uh, programme notes are famous for some of the words he used. And, you know, you'd, you'd love to go to Trinity to see our, some of them words in, in a dictionary. But, uh, no, we great times together. Absolutely fantastic times together. So your three seasons there coincided with the move to Martin Stadium and most players and fans I ask about Santry, they, they give out about it in terms of the running track, the distance, the size of the pitch and all. How did you find Sandry? Um, Horrible, I suppose, to be honest with you. Um, I think the pitch only made the bare minimum. It was only 105 yards long. It was narrow. And as you say yourself, the crowd was too far away. And I think Rovers lost a lot of support when Rovers went to ta- uh, went to Santry. Uh, it's not a football stadium, and like start from day one when we went there, we started to realise, you know, this is not for Rovers, absolutely not for Rovers at all. And as I said, um, it's, it's it with the opposition. We we wanted a big, expansive pitch with the players that we had got. I, I just didn't see our style of play. One bit didn't see us at all, and the opposition would just come and lock up shop on uh, such a narrow pitch and such a short pitch. It was hard to break teams down, and didn't enjoy my time there at all. Not one bit. And I don't think the players did, no more than the supporters. I think you were in that in that squad photo in front of the shell of uh, Tata Stadium. Would have been around two thousand one. What was it like when Tata was always on the horizon? And it was kind of, we were being promised that we'd move in next month, next month, next month. But we never quite had that home base. Um, yeah, we, believe it or believe it not, we used to train up until a uh, Saturday morning. Uh, the watchman used to let us in. When the construction of the, the, the main stand that's there now was under construction, <laughs> under, under construction to start. And we, uh, I can say we saw the bare walls. We saw the whole dynamic of the of the place evolving. And the odd Saturday morning, we go up and we say, "No, lads, you can't train here. There's, there's engineers coming." And it was sort of obviously in them days as well, but will be more so now. It was sort of against health and safety for anybody to be trained on the ground. And we used to train there. Obviously, there was no showering facilities at the time. 
But we got the train there, I'd say probably, oh, maybe 12 months more before the stadium opened. And uh, we could see the place evolving and it, the, the ground that it is today is, and when the other stand goes up behind the Cala end, it's going to be a fantastic stadium. The, the one thing I just hope is that they put new dressing rooms into it. And the dressing room in Morton Stadium post-match after the 6-4 defeat to Bowes, was that something that you'll never forget? It was um, remembering the game and I believe Roddy, Roddy Collins had his resignation letter written out at half-time. We were leading 4-1 at half-time and we were actually leading, if memory serves me right, we were leading 4-1 with a half an hour to go. And then all hell broke loose. <laughs> and Bowles got five goals in, in, in a space of 30 minutes. And to this day, I can't really tell you how it broke down. You know, Rutherford, Chris Rutherford was playing outside left for them on the day. Did nothing for them at all. Well, most of the Bowles players did nothing in the first half. And signs on, we were 4-1 up at half time, And certainly... The last half an hour, really, really balls for some reason, just took off and we couldn't cope with him, particularly Chris Rutherford, who was a fantastic player for Shelburne and obviously for Bohemians. Um, he just took off, destroyed us. And I can tell you, the dressing room was not a nice place after the game. Uh, lots of arguments. Uh, no fisticuffs. Lots of arguments, lots of constructive criticism of one another, the management, the players, what we didn't do, what we should have done. And we cleared the air before we left the ground. And I think myself, Damien, Alan Kinslet, and the doc, Alan Bourne, we went for a few refreshments after to discuss what happened. And it was a long evening, but uh, an amazing game, actually, an amazing game. So you had seven seasons at Monaghan. I think you narrowly missed out on promotion and a penalty shootout with Bray in 2010. Was was that heartbreaking, considering that could have been the culmination of your, your year's work? Yeah, I was there, as you said, for many seasons. And probably the best man I ever worked under, Jim McGlone, was chairman. He was an ex-Monaghan player himself in his younger days. I think Mon and them were in the, in, the, in the Ulster Senior League and he understood the game and hardships and he understood bad luck, bad results, bad refereeing decisions and they gave me lots of time. And to, when I look back that day against Bray Wanderers, we played Bray at home in the first leg. I remember Pat Devlin saying to me, you should be out of sight. And... We played him off the park and didn't score. And then to go to Bray, to take the lead in injury time, uh, fantastic. And then the wall broke down on the far side of the ground, on the seaside part of the ground. The wall collapsed with the, with the one in fairness of the huge crowd that night. He said the surge forward when we, when we scored. And the wall fell, broke down, and the game was delayed for oh, maybe 10, 15 minutes. And Bray tipped off, launched the ball forward, got a corner and scored from the resulting corner. 
bring the game into extra time and then it went to penalties. Um, Bray Barris on penalties. That was disappointing. And I think after the game in an interview, I said, um, look, lads, if this is the most disappointing day of your life, you're going to have a great life. It's only football. and We're all hurt. If this is the biggest disappointment you have in life, you're going to have a great life. And I think I've seen quotes in books and all that, that that was a comment that I made. And another disappointing thing for us was probably we weren't expected to win, was getting Mon on to the League Cup final and beating Dundalk in the semi-final, which obviously at the time was a local derby for Monan, to get to the final in Sligo. We played Sligo two weeks in a row. They beat us in the quarter-final of the FAI Cup, 3-0, and the following weekend, they beat us 1-0 in the League Cup final, up in Sligo, which Monaghan, great travelling support at the time, and uh, probably one of a great lad who went on to have a great career with Dundalk, Brian Gartland, went to Porter Down after he left Drawda, or Monaghan, I should say. Uh, fantastic header right at the death, and it was cleared off the line. To, to, would have brought the game into extra time. But certainly, no, I enjoyed my time in Monaghan. Great, absolutely fantastic bunch of lads. And, you know, from the Dom Tierney's, Alan Bournes, Coxie O'Connor, Dom Tierney, absolutely fantastic lads. They all stayed together. And it signs on, when I got to draw the job, I, I took a lot of them players with me. Um, I left them there the year I left. I think Roddy got promotion the following year. But I, they all left. A lot of them left and came to, to draw with me, particularly the Brandon brothers. Uh, the only one of them that I didn't manage was Killian. I managed the other three lads. Uh, great lads. But no, my time at Monaghan was very special. And Jim McGlone was a special man who ran the club. Believe me, he ran that club single-handedly and kept them going for so long. Uh, I was so disappointed when he dropped out of the league. I interviewed Pat Scully last year. Um, any memories of coming up against his young robber side in the first division in 2006? Yes, we um, played, we beat them up in Monaghan and I think there was a few comments made about us uh, being sort of a, you know, a nothing team at the time and unfortunately when comments were coming out about us Hadn't got to give a team talk that day. The lads just took it upon themselves. And we were lucky enough to beat Shamrock Rovers on the day. Um, Pat, obviously, was a good manager with Rovers. And then he went down to do a good job down in Limerick. And I, a good time when I, he was on the Shamrock Rovers team when I was assistant manager there. A good lad, thorough professional. Uh, certainly uh, was probably at the time one of the best centre-halves in, in the League of Ireland. So you went on to draw to um, led them to safety in, in 2011. Uh, I don't know if you've been onto your Wikipedia page lately, Mick, but it uh, needs some updating because there's no mention of your 2012 and 2013 achievements. So I think someone needs to uh, change that. So just talk about 2012, uh, obviously beating Robbers in the league of final. Would that be one of the highlights of your career? Um, obviously so. I mean, I... I, I... Of lots of highlights and lots of disappointments, but I think probably the, my first highlight was um, I only took Drada over a week before the season started, and at the time 
there was a problem going on and draw they didn't know whether he would be relegated or not or stayed up in it. I think um draw they were uh, kept up in the league and Galway went down. So we basically had what had been the previous year's team and my great achievement that year I think was to keep draw to up um in the premiership. Obviously then the my first year there then like to do so well and um you know to achieve what we did achieve in my couple of years there like to think that we got runners up in the league the Sligo four cup finals we got to and obviously obviously the highlight was obviously beating Shamrock Rovers um in Tala I'll never forget I think Brian Law came in to manage Shamrock Rovers yeah Stephen Kenny had been there and was let go um maybe the week or two weeks before that cup final and I remember at the press conference prior to the league cup final up in Tala and someone one of the reporters had said to me um one of the reporters had said to me you're uh, you know Rovers have beaten you three times already this year how do you feel going into the game and I just said back well I said uh, that was uh Stephen Kenny that bet me it's nil all with myself and Brian Law. So it's a different ball game. <laughs> I said it was Stephen Kenny that bet me. And this is this is a once off now with uh with with Brian Law. And I said, um, you know, and lucky enough, we won the game. Fantastic game, fantastic day. Great to beat Shamrock Rovers in Talat. Although I am I'm a lover of Shamrock Rovers, but to beat them on, on their home soil was a great achievement for Jordan. Yeah, it sticks out for me that day is the comical on goal by Craig Gilbert, his last ever game for the club. But yeah, yeah. you guys were definitely the best team on the day. Uh, like you say, runners up in 2012, incredible achievement. And then the following year, three cup finals. So you obviously did so well, but was that heartbreaking to come so close three times and come out with the silver medals? Obviously it was. Like, uh, I think uh, Rovers better than two of them finals. The League Cup and the All Ireland, um, you know, great bunch of lads, as I said, and incredible willpower. You know, to firstly to get to the three cup finals is a great achievement in the one season. I don't know whether I'm the only manager ever to do it or not. Get to the three cup finals in the one year, um, but to, to to get there, Carl was fantastic, absolutely, and to be part of a big day. There can only be one winner, as we all know, and unfortunately, we lost to trade him. But to be part of them big occasions, and what I felt for the lads that I had in Drada, that had worked so hard for me in Monaghan as well, was the achievement of getting to Europe, uh, getting to the Aviva Stadium for the Cup Final, was the highlight, certainly, of my career as a manager. Getting to the Cup Final in the Aviva, getting into Europe, uh, getting a respectable result in Europe as well, I felt, against Malmo. Um, they were just great days. Uh, and I think people might still say to you at this day that the Sligo draw the cup final was probably one of the best finals in the last five or ten years. It was a tremendous game. To lose the game so late on was heartbreaking. Absolutely soul-destroying to lose it the way we did lose it. Um but to be part of the day was great, Carl. And as I said, I'd have a bigger smile 
had we won from still smiling because we got there. And it's it's nice to be involved in these big days. It would be better if we won, but to be part of it was a great achievement. Yeah, I think I'd agree about that cup final draw with um, Sligo. It was such a roller coaster of a game and went right down to the wire. So the Hand Cup was a different story, 7-1. What do you remember? Like, Was that a kind of a surreal day where it just seemed like every shot Robert's hit went in? Yeah, and on that game, I remember it well, Carl. Um, if we had 10 chances and Rovers had 15 chances and they took seven and we could do nothing about it. And I'll never forget that was a Saturday evening and we were playing Limerick on the Tuesday in the league. And after the game, we just said to the players, lads, off you go, have a few points. We're not training the weekend. And we had to Limerick on Tuesday. And we went to Limerick and won 1-0 down there in Tolman Park, actually. They were using Tolman Park at the time. And it was just one of them games, Carl. Everything Rovers put into the penalty area ended up in the goal. And what can you say? You know, if you're beating 1-0 in a hectic game, you'd be disappointed. All right, we were disappointed to lose 7-1. But some of the goals were tremendous. You, you couldn't stop them. Others were basic errors. And overall, you know, I just had to lie. Look, forget about it. Can't do anything about it now. It's done and dusted. Bad day at the office. And we move on. And, you know, um, as I said, it was just great being part of that day and probably it was great revenge for Rovers to beat us after I was beating them, beating them the previous year. So Rovers have Champions League football in Tala now. Um, they played Hibs and they have uh, Luda Goretz on uh, Tuesday. Other clubs, of course, have used Tala for, for European football, Dundalk, Pats and yourselves. You played Malmo. Uh, what do you remember from that experience? Um, well, first of all, when the draw came out, I was terrified. Uh, like Malmo at the time, were one of the top teams in Europe and thinking, oh my God, how are we going to face this? And then not being able to play down and draw, obviously, and bring them up to Tala on a big pitch, you're sort of a bit concerned. What will they do to us? But I must say, it's probably, uh, it's amazing. At the time, Pat Fenlon was managing Hibs. The winner of our game was to play Hibs in the next round. So that was a carrot in itself. And in fairness to Pat and his uh, technical staff, they, he sent me over lots of stuff on Malmo. And I must say, I, I studied it as inside out. I probably never watched videos as much as I did in the lead up to that game. And to get a credible nil-all draw was a great achievement. And to run them so close over there, uh, they bet us 2-0 in Malmo. And they got the first goal on the stroke at half time, And they got the second goal three minutes into, into injury time. I think at that, at that time, we'd only won at the back and we'd nine up trying to score. And they obviously cut us out. But uh, it was a great achievement to, to run them so close. And, and then not being disrespecting to Pat or Hibbs, to think that they bet Hibbs 9-0 on an aggregate the following round. Uh, I just thought it was a great achievement when I saw their result, Hibbs' result against Malmo after that. Um, not taking away from Pat, great manager, great career in football management. Uh, don't understand why he's not in a job here at the moment, to be honest with you. Um, but no, it was a great experience to play Malmo. Yeah, draw the people obviously would prefer to play it uh, at United Park, but how did you find 
uh, Tala as a host. Did you like playing there and the experience of European football there? Was it uh, something to look back on? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic pitch, fantastic place. As I said, the only downer to me in Tala is, is the dressing rooms. They're L-shaped, which I don't know how anybody could make an L-shaped dressing room. Um, and hopefully they build new dressing rooms with the stands that are going up. But no, fantastic place. Uh, the draw the supporters loved it. We loved it as a team. The hospitality we got up there, as always, whether it was a league game against Rovers or the night that we used it for that game, um, fantastic. Uh, it's amazing. Later on that year, we, we were actually to play a friendly because Drada had a, a link up with Turkey, Turkish, Turkish Airways. And we were to play Trabs on Spore in a friendly. And they travelled from Turkey and the game was called off. Last rain all day on a particular, I think it was a Thursday, Last rain all day and in fairness, the ground staff done everything to try and get the game played. Uh, it wasn't to be. He just couldn't play. As they were sweeping the water off, he got, um, <laughs> it was raining behind him. And do you still keep an eye on robbers and what do you think they can achieve in Europe this season? Well, hopefully they, hopefully they keep going. You know, uh, I, do, I, 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 uh, I hope you progress and get, get, get into the group stages of, of the, 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 the league they're in. It would be a great achievement for them to follow the, the last time they did it in Dundalk and make some money. And, you know, they're the team to beat. Like they're the, they're the, the kingpins of Irish football. Stephen Bradley has done a fantastic job there. Uh, as, as signs on, he was offered a job in England and uh, he didn't go. So hopefully things work out for him here with Shamrock Rovers. Great stuff from Mick. Um, a real old school football head, wasn't he? Do you know, just a real salt of the earth type bloke. That's what yeah, he's one of those. He wouldn't have a bad word to say. About he anybody. actually had no bad words to say no. about anybody. I was hoping he digged some dirt on someone, but nothing came out now. Well, yeah. no one has a bad word to say about Mick. Mick like, yeah. And to go to the league as long as he has without anyone having a bad word to say about it is not a bad, not a bad way to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was recorded for the programme about a month ago. So we hadn't actually made the groups yet. So in case you're wondering why he was talking about, can we make the groups? But um, yeah, no, enjoy proper league of Ireland, man. Yeah, yeah. Really and, good, uh, really he, good. He worked, he worked with some really high-profile managers himself. You know, he worked with Rico, and you don't get much better than him. You know, I met someone else on the on the podcast mentioned that you remember his dad. I remember his dad actually, Peter Rico's dad, George. Oh yeah, was he involved in football? Football man to be. To his toenails. Right? <laughs> so um, yes, we're gonna go start elevens and predictions. I think the lads could be diplomatic here. We have no clue. I can't leave anybody else. Yeah, we're not that's the thing I don't think it'd be unfair it would be unfair to ask them considering they're involved well, one, with the one thing I'd say I'd love to see uh, Sean Gannon get I said this in the group the other day that that and you are speaking up on it. Who do you leave out? Mm. But when a player uh, uh, makes a mistake or feels he can make a mistake or feels responsible, whatever, whatever way you want to say, that I'd like to see them get the chance to, to make amends, as, make yeah. amends as quick as possible. Yeah. So we'll do it anyway because, like you said, it'd be unfair to to ask the lads considering they're in a, days they're in and out with the team every day. So seven levels of predictions, Prof. Um, are we gonna go for? I think we should just go for Drottler, shouldn't we? Well, we'll go. We'll, we'll go fair and fair us anyway. I'm gonna go. I'll go for all the young ones. Gideon Ted is gonna start for me. Um, but then again, I want a team. I want eleven capable of getting a result in the game, though. Are we gonna give Leon Paul's his European debut? 
No. No? No, I'm going Manus. So you're going Manus. I'll go... I don't think I want Cabo in midfield again. Uh, he wasn't wasn't great. It's going to be hard. Do we risk um, the three lads? Who, what other centre-halves can we put in there? Cleary, Core, Grace. Who, who else are you going to play? Cabo centre-back, maybe. So Cabo on the left. We're going to have to do a joint one here. <laughs> so we agree. Cabo centre-half, left centre-half. Who are we going to leave out? Can we skip this one? <laughs> I'm going to the cup. I'm skipping this. Okay. I'm skipping the Ferris Finals team. This is the first time ever, by the way, Gary's not written it down on paper. Yeah, what actually, it's very true, yeah. I'm not, I'm skipping the Ferris Finals one. Cause I'd love to see Leon get a, a second half appearance, at least. Yeah, a European, a European yeah. debut for Leon. But, no, I'm... I'm I don't know. We're going to have to do it. We'll be doing, we'll be, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, start all the kids. I want Ferris I'd start. I'm going to start Gideon. I'm going to... I'm gonna play Greener as well. You have to play the, Maku then, don't you? If you yeah, Maku. Yeah, mm. is he if he's around? So we'll go for it. Start all the kids, and we'll see how we get on. Hopefully, it's not a tonking, but we have to move on to draw the prof. This is the big one now, where we've the scene of the crime, where we have to return, where we've lost in the cup, and we lost this season as well. I'm gonna go Manus. Uh, I think clearly he's been impressive. I'm gonna go clearly Hor and Grace. Sounds harsh on Gannon, but Ray. I I just I think those three at the back have been superb. Finn plays for me. He's the captain. He's a skip. He has to play. Um, Lions on the left. Middle of the park. Middle of the park. I this is this type of game for me is McCann written all over. Small pitch. The it'll, it'll deal, but it'll be perfect for him. But he's not available. Not gonna be back in time. I'm gonna go Watts in the middle. I'm going same team. Same team. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Watts in the middle then again Richie Tell Richie Tell I'm going to take the bias away and start Tell I was all over Richie Tell at the start of the season let's all just put that out there I was all over that I was loving it it was the most exciting signing for me in a while so he's played well he scored a goal Richie Tell starting and we'll go Gaff. he's going to get grief off draw the fans as well so. yeah yeah Gaff Green and Jack I'm starting Jack no Gary O'Neill fuck <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, Gary O'Neill has to stay. No, what's what's his out for Gary O'Neill? How can I forget Padre Pio? No, he's starting. Gary O'Neill starts in in with get with tail in the middle, and I'm starting Jack. Fuck it, put him in. Okay. You hear that, Gary? I stuck up for you. <laughs> <laughs> Padre, he never plays, Gary. Um, uh, predictions. Uh, I'm gonna say we're gonna we're gonna win one nil at home to Fern Ferris. Right. And in the cup. I'll go with you on that. I agree with you on that. Uh, geez, we better win the cup. Uh, two one. I'm gonna say three. I'm gonna say a tight one one up till about seventy, and then a double barrel and then a, and a quick a quick double barrel of goals. Um, uh, but we asked as their predictions at least. That's that's a safe thing. Are you able to do your predictions? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Give us first first force to it. I I I have a feeling we win ourselves. Yeah, I think I think we'll be beat. Fortress Teller, you think so? Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll be beaten two one maybe. They're I such go, a good side. Really I go with sneaky one 0 I think they, I think they'll come and just yeah, play half a team. Yeah. They might do, yeah. No, you I might. don't mean it. They they just they don't care about scoring goals. They yeah. just care about not conceding early goals. So that'd be their game plan. You know? I give us Drada. Drada. I expect to win a Drada. Yeah, so the white two 0 It's very very rare that we get beaten twice by the same team in the same round. You yeah. Know? Be interesting. Be and and look, Drada Drada better up there in the league this year, and they were good for it. I honestly there, like the way Drada play. There was some questionable refereeing decisions, but, but at the end of the day, they yeah. they, uh, they were up for it. I think when they came to us last season as well, they were very good, but they had a different they had a different squad then. They had Calvin Phillips, who I thought was unbelievable. 
for them. But the, the way they play and the way that they're trying to now, what is a different manager as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do, I do like the way they're to play. I think they are trying to play ball, so it's going to be tough and prof. Yeah, I've only covered the stats, and that's we're we're unbeaten at home in a full year. Uh, Flora Tallinn in August of last year. Nice. You heard that in the quiz question. Fucking jinx. All oh. you can hear now from <laughs> from fucking the bingo in. Or the bingo hall in fucking Badger. Well, this this is the ultimate test now to the home beaten one. Um, that that game in Hungary, that was the first game European match Finner missed for Rovers since Pauk at home in 2011. And if he plays, he will make his 54th European appearances, equaling Gary Rogers' record. Some career. And this is our ninth FEI Cup meet with Drogheda, and they've knocked us out twice. Everyone knows 2018. The other one was. A shock 5-2 win at Milltown in 1971. Jesus. That was only two years after the six in a row. So that that was still a massive shock. Yeah, the delve deep for that one. Yeah. And uh, who's seeing this week? I've written an article about all our European experts that we've had on over the last five years. The good, the bad, the spoofers, I said. <laughs> uh, your man from Macedonia, he's obviously the spoofer. And, um, Have you gone on any other podcast as the Rovers expert? I've been, on, man. I've, I've been on two. I've been on the greatest league in the world. Rest in peace. Between Gone. the Sheds? Uh, no, you've been on that. Not the opposition yeah. fans. Like. I don't think anybody reaches out like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not as... Well, both times it was a Robert's fan yeah. who asked me. Con asked me on as the host of another podcast. I was on with Kieran Burke from Between the Stripes. And then the other one was me and Gary were on um, Friday, I'm in live. Mm. So again, we were brought on as Robert's fans. There's not many props um, out there. He's one of a coin. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> uh, no, no Maloney the last two weeks, uh, Ray, in the programme. He's MIA. No, he's he's, 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 he's done in the programme. Uh, I was in Doc. Yeah, yeah, oh, sorry. It's the, it's the coming one he's in my Okay. Uh, but he's in Ben Alarm, so he has an excuse. Best selling yeah. hoop scene, prof. Best selling hoop scene. There you go. Like I said, sales, the roof. sales are up. So, um, it's all about European experts. We've had the podcast five years, so like you said, the good, the bad, and the spoofers, and the group stage draw Friday. We're gonna watch it boy live, lads. If I can, I'm in work. So the, I'm guessing eleven or twelve. Training's gonna be stopped. You said be near twelve, aren't it? But it did talk to the Champions League. Or no, it's not the same. No, yeah, it's the same morning. Isn't it? I'm guessing they'll all join the TV room and have a watch. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, wouldn't mind being there. Now that'd be pretty cool. So it's in Istanbul, isn't it? Tell me what what do you want? Istanbul. Well, fuck, I, fuck. I, mine is easy, right? I want a top team. Yeah. Right? Villarreal. Uh, Villarreal or, or whoever's up there. I want to visit Villarreal purely out of the enigma uh, that Florentina is the or someone like that that's in that. They have right. a population less than Tala. Chances yeah. are we're going to get beaten by the team in, in top, top, top one anyway. Yeah. So we, so we want the chance. Yeah. Day out. Yeah. yeah. And we want the chance Viola. against the team in pot two. Yeah. Right? Mm. And we want to be able to beat the team in pot four. Yeah, very simple. I like, I like how you broke that down. Yeah. So, uh, any teams in particular? Who have you got your eye on, Ray? I fancy someone like West Ham, just to... Just to uh, yeah, experience uh, today. It, well, the great. stadium's going to be great. Mm. The, it, it's handy to get there. We bring a huge crowd. It'll be like Tottenham Part 2. I'm yeah. praying for one, because I want to bring all my gang. Yeah. Whereas, whereas you, you get you get somebody... I haven't, I haven't really looked at Pots, to be honest with you, but you get somebody uh, who's as good as West Ham, but not nearly as recognisable, not nearly a, a, a bigger name. And you run the risk of getting beaten by them and yeah. not having that that, would, that would, day, you know. Would Linfield and Rangers be a disaster? No, no, no. It'd be fucking would be for Paul Floods. <laughs> 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 um, right, so we will. Um, 
We're going to move on and we got this DM from Syrup for Waffles on Twitter, Anthony McDonald's account. He said, Hi lads, I just wanted to let you know that we're having a celebration of Anthony's life. Saturday the 3rd of September, his birthday in Comfy GAA Club, function room at the back, 3 till 7. So all are welcome to share your memories of Waffles, uh, aka Anthony McDonald. So definitely check it out. Guys, a top, top fella and uh, a brilliant hoop. So we're trying to remember him. And best of luck to Philly Eyebrows Maguire. He's heading off to New Jersey to study. J1, our top, top fella. Sure media. And uh, we've, but me and Philly have bonded over the last few years. Uh, we had a little moment together in Malta as well. That'll probably stay over there. But he's off to Merga for December, until December. J1, I think that's still a thing. So good luck to Philly. And he's going to be badly, badly missed. A top addition to the media team and the Tifties wider universe, prof. Yeah, best luck, Philly. And uh, that's it for this week. Thanks to the two lads. That could have went on for a lot, lot longer. And it could have been a lot more X-rated. Can I give a shout out? Yeah, of course, of course, definitely. There's a, a few fans who done all four trips this year in Europe, right? Oh, give us a shout. Well, Ryan Legree was one. Right, Hot he, better talent. He's a saint. Ryan Legree, right? Brilliant, yes. Uh, Fergus Devlin, I think. Uh, Dave Dunn, Dangerous Dave. Uh, Bucket Senior. They're just off the top of my head there to four, but I was just thinking, I was trying to think this the other day. It's a big undertaking to go to them four games. It's a big cost. Do you know what I mean? So just uh, and, and fair and, and a logistics nightmare. Yeah, yeah. like, like someone went the easiest. But like it's all, we're, we're joking about us getting private jets from Shannon Airport. The thing, it's easy. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but these guys are going through. Uh, I think Dan Fulham and friends to him. Yeah. he would have went on before he, he was ill last week. Yeah. He, he booked the booked the go and everything. So and just I don't know. Not a plea, but just to say that somebody who hasn't... I, I don't understand Robert's fans who don't go in European ways, right? Now, I know some reasons why they can't do yeah, it. Yeah. People, if you have two or three kids who are as mad into it as you, they're not going to think kindly of you jetting off and leaving them behind and all that kind of stuff. But when this draw is made, it doesn't come around very often. You know what I mean? Put a few bob aside. Try and go to as many games as you can. Get the money. I'm not, I don't mean get money well, later. Be, the, like that. the last one would be towards the end of October or into November. We don't know whether we're home and away for the yeah. last one. You know and put mean? it this way, how many times has this happened in 100 years? Yeah. Twice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, I, I did me, uh, the last time we got the group stage, I did my best to go to three of them. Uh, I went to Russia, I went to London, as everybody did, yeah. and I got as far as Rome with, uh, <laughs> for the Pelt game and we missed the connection and we oh, had to do nothing no. wrong. But I still count it. I, I made the effort. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. But, I know money is tight and all that kind of stuff, but like you'll get money. You know what I mean? But in 10, Less 20 years, credit. Only... What, what more do you want? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like? There stuck. you go, yeah. Give them a show. You're going to be talking about these trips in the pub or on buses to Derry and all in 20, 30 years' time. The four or five hundred quid's going to cost you will we'll be long spent on whatever. You know what I mean? So yeah, just, and the way I see it is, Bert, we're all going to die in debt anyway. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, who gives yeah, a fuck? Yeah. You know what I mean? Bits of paper. Well, listen. I'll fuck with that, isn't it? expecting it. In there, can we more? for? I'll go traveling. So that is it. The lads have been brilliant. And like I said, we're going to get Ray in here for another one. And hopefully, I'm going to twin you with Albert another McCready. Another three hours, Ray. Another, and you and Albert McCready, I want to get together. So hopefully, we'll put a little, uh, plant a little seed. But lads, you've been you brilliant. Get <laughs> it's been fantastic. And listen, brilliant. thanks again. And keep on hooping, right? Cheers. Thanks, thanks so much. lads. Thanks very much indeed. Thanks a lot. Keep on hooping. Yeah.